And now, introducing the man who found himself enthralled by the coverage of NBC during last night's lightning delay, insisting, quote, I've never seen finer commentary than Drew Brees offering input on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I just wish they had a bit more time to give their thoughts on the TV show Two Broke Girls, unquote. Following yesterday's slate of games, he devised a brilliant new strategy to generate revenue for the Baltimore Ravens where they simply lease out their kicker to other teams when they have a bye week or primetime game, thus creating infinite cap room. He is Glenn Clark. Hey, good morning. It is it is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. It's one of those weird weeks where, you know... We normally be in here talking about the game, but the game's not until tonight. So what we're going to do instead is give you a loaded show in which we get you ready for Ravens Colts tonight. How about that? You know, is that good enough for you? You need us to dance too? You need us to donate money to your charity cuz we will. We we would consider that. We'd be willing to at least think about it. I don't know what else you could ask for us. We uh we got a lot going on today. Ron Jaworski is going to join us in a couple minutes. Jaws is on the call for tonight uh, for Westwood One alongside our friend, the great Kevin Harlan. So we will catch up with the former NFL quarterback and uh, I believe a business partner of one Joe Flacco, if I remember correctly. I think they own like a golf course together or something like that. Uh, we'll Don't catch we up all, with you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. but Joe's got 100 golf courses, so we all have a little bit of a piece of the action. Uh, also, a little bit later on this hour, Miles Boykin's going to check in with us. Yes, Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. Maybe he'll be back on the field tonight. Maybe. I don't know. See, Maybe he'll tip his hand a little bit when we chat with him. The Ravens have until, I want to say, 4 o'clock to make the call on both Boykin and Rashad Bateman. And they don't have to do anything. They have spots available on the 53-man roster. So they don't have to get rid of anybody. They could just say, y- you're up now. That's the way it's going to go. We'll find out today. I'm presuming yeah, it's sort of like a big baller day. brand going on with the wide receivers, the Ravens. Boykin, Bateman, Brown. Oh, well, yeah, but the, the big baller brand, it's all L's. But they use three B's. Well, I understand that, but it's because they're all named Ball. They don't have three different B-like Well, that's not the point. It's the Bs. It's more like the Houston Astros. You want it to be the Killabees? The Killabees. Exactly right. It's the... We're not going to give it to the Astros. No, the Astros did that. We're not going to give it to the Astros. Settle down. Bagwell, Biggio, and who... They had a Bell, didn't they? They had... Rajah Bell, yes. I don't think it was Rajah Bell. No, I don't think he ever played for the Astros. Stringer Bell, yeah, yeah. Stringer Bell. That was the one. Thank God. I was really struggling with that one. I appreciate you being here. B2B. Thank you. Wireless or whatever it was. B2B communications. I do remember B2B that being a thing. B2B business yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, anyway, the moral of the story. Did you know that Randy Wagstaff is Cheese Wagstaff's biological son? No. <laughs> David Simon said that after the show I was d- over. I he, didn't he, know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, anyway, that, that's, I learned something today. Yeah. I did learn something today for what it's worth. Uh, Sorry wow, to I spring that of, on you, you know? I got a lot of, I got a lot of thoughts about it. Yeah, that. I know. It's a shame that you're not going to be around to do our anniversary uh, I know, it's special. Maybe shame. I'll come back for it. Real shame you're not going to do that. Um, anyway, the moral of the story, I hope Paul's watched. God, it's going to be real awkward when he's never watched the show. I'm like, work on Method Man. <laughs> he's like, huh? Matt Myers says Derek Bell. Derek Bell. That's exa- Thank you, Matt Myers. That's exactly who it was. Derek Bell was the third of the killer bees when they were the Astros. And they had Berkman as well. They but did, later, but I think yeah. that was afterwards. And he mentioned Luke Scott. I don't know if he quite yeah, made the cut. I don't think cut. Luke Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. 
What was I doing here? Oh, I was telling you that the uh, yeah Miles Boykin was uh, going to be on the show. We'll find out about him and Rashad Bateman. Also tonight is the Ravens' crucial catch game, and Miles Boykin has partnered up with the American Cancer Society, and we love that. That's a wonderful thing. So we'll talk about that. Uh, Rick Venturi, former Ravens, sorry, former Baltimore Colts, also not a former linebacker. He was the former linebackers coach. Don't worry, I've already fixed it. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, I did fix that. I'm gonna take some liberties this week. What's that? I'm gonna take some liberties this oh, week. Oh, is that because you're short timing? You're totally going. You're like, you're like, what's the name of the show again? I don't know. Anyway, uh, uh, Rick Venturi is a former Baltimore Raven. No, I did it again. Uh-huh. Not the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Colts assistant. Now the uh, Indianapolis Colts radio color analyst will preview tonight's game with him, and Jeremy Kahn will check in with us as well as he does every Monday. So a lot happening on a Monday edition of the program. It's also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The Oktoberfest menu is available, and it is glorious. Glory days. That's that was that was what I was trying to do I there. Just wanted Thank to get you. you there, you know. Thank you, Kyle. That was exactly what I was trying You're to welcome. do there. Yes. <sighs> two. Ch- I'm gonna mi- I'm gonna miss you, pal. I know you will. Two chick. Get the chicken schnitzel. Two chicken cutlets, hand breaded in herb panko and pan fried until golden brown. Served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. The menu also includes your favorites like the Oktoberfest Brewers platter. Strong recommend. They, they put the onions not only with the sausage, but then they put it in with the potatoes as well. 13 and a half. The Brewer sausage sandwich, the Prussian pretzel rolls, the slam dunk pretzels, the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers. An angry orchard on draft dine on their patios or in their dining rooms or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years and says thank you, fans. Watch football all day yesterday. But again, just brilliance from uh, the National Football League and the way that they do their, their television uh, broadcasting so that you don't get to see any of the games. It's just phenomenal the way that they pull that off. I, I, I can't give them enough credit. Here's Justin Herbert having superstar-making moment, the moment where he declares himself to perhaps be, one, if not the, but one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think, like, six people got to see it. So that was just a phenomenal, phenomenal effort. Cleveland got to see their team lose, you know? They did get that. You're right. Yeah. The, the city of Cleveland did get to watch the game. Just another phenomenal effort from the National Football League to make sure that when they have the opportunity to market new superstars, they don't even consider the possibility of doing it. And then they tell us forever that it's only Dallas that ever gets ratings. So just got to keep giving us. To be fair, CBS. Spoiler alert. You want to know what the uh, 4 o'clock game is next week on your television? No, don't spoil it. The Dallas Cowboys taking on the New England Patriots. You get a chance to show Saints-Washington football team on CBS. That's a a local market. Was it a CBS game, though? I don't know why it was a CBS game, but that's a local market situation. You can't do anything about that. That's probably what stopped the Browns. Chargers, I, mean, I get what you're saying. No, the they Brown- should all be available, but Would that be- was a one o'clock game on CBS, presumably. Uh, oh, you're saying they could have just chosen to air only a four o'clock game? They, they, the, the NFL wouldn't have let them do. They would have only let them air a four o'clock game. You can't go up. That's the na- the national game of the week that yeah. was chosen by Fox was Dallas, New York, because the Cowboys are marketable and it's the New York market. So they well, the Giants had some healthy players entering the game. Oh, okay. So yes, it definitely made me want to watch that football game. Definitely made me say, "I got, I cannot miss Dallas, New York." By the way, 
I, I'm not. I'm, this is an issue for me. I got the ticket. I was able to watch the games that I wanted to watch yesterday. But the problem isn't me. The problem is the NFL, that when you have the opportunity to create new superstars, instead, you're giving us the same crap to the overwhelming majority of the country. And this is no offense to the Cowboys, who are watchable this year, unlike a lot of years where they weren't and were still what was put on in the 4 o'clock window every week. They're at least watchable, but no one had any interest in watching the Cowboys and the Giants unless you care about the Cowboys or the Giants. The rest of the country said, this isn't a game. I, we don't want this. Meanwhile, you have this star-making moment for Justin Herbert, this incredible game-of-the-year candidate, and a handful of people got to see it, if you happen to live in a certain market that had the game. And we all sit around and pretend like this isn't a massive problem. That this isn't the way that you fail to grow your product, your what it is that you have to offer. You don't need to market to the people that already have the ticket. They like you so much they bought the ticket. You don't need to market to them. They're on board. You need to market to the people that don't know who Justin Herbert is. When you say they need to, they're doing pretty well. They're, I, mean, I get that's it. That's part of the reason that they probably don't care. It's why they have not invested any amount of thought into their failures. By the way, there was a great story written about this by Barrett Sports Media where it's not... It's not, hey, they know better than you. It's they literally aren't willing to do the research to figure out if it might be a problem. That they just refuse to think about whether or not they need to make the games more available to a larger audience. Because it works well enough that they don't want to screw it up. Justin Herbert should be a national star. God, it was so exciting to watch him play yesterday. It's been so exciting to watch him play since he arrived in the league. And because we're football fans, because it's in our blood, even if you didn't get to watch the game yesterday, you're like, well, I know Justin Herbert. I want to watch Justin Herbert when he's on TV. But there's a lot of people throughout the country that aren't hardcore football fans and don't know about Justin Herbert. And those are the people that you need to try to get to. Makes no bloody sense. And speaking of making no sense, the thing that happened in Boston last night. Yesterday whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I get it. The rule was applied accurately. And because of that, the Red Sox didn't give up a run. And somebody would say, as it turns out, they got a two-run homer in the bottom of the inning. It wouldn't have mattered if they had a, a, a one-run score. Sure, sure. The, the butterfly effect, whatever it is, wouldn't have mattered. It's a dumb rule. They got to figure something else about that. Now, somebody would say, "Do you really want to allow Major League Baseball umpires to use their discretion in any circumstance? Like, do you really want to allow any um, officials, referees, umpires, whatever you call them? Do you really want those people to be the people that get to use discretion in making decisions? Don't we want it to be? Here are the rules. They're they're hard. They're straight. This is the rule. If this happens, this is what you do. Period. End of sentence." Isn't discretion the worst thing that we can give an official? That's something that I get it. An argument would be made related to that. My answer back in this circumstance, yeah, I think we do. I, I think, by the way, you are asking them to use their discretion because the first thing that you're doing is is it your discretion as to whether the ball went out accidentally or intentionally. 
So you are asking them to use their discretion. So to ask them to use further discretion to... There's been no instance of anyone intentionally doing that. No, I that we... I mean, it's, I don't think we've ever seen it accidentally before. This is... It's uncharted waters. But you still have to use your discretion there. You still have... The umpire... And the, the way the rule is written, the umpire has to determine whether or not the outfielder purposely knocked the ball over. And they made it very clear. That was that was what... Uh, I, I think it was Holbrook. Was that who the umpire was last night? Uh, went in the uh, post-game press conference and said that was the first thing we identified, is it wasn't intentional, and so because it wasn't intentional, then we had no other choice. Once we determined that, there's only one thing that we can do, is put runners on second and third. That's the only thing we can do in that situation once we determine that it's in, in But the first thing involves is discretion. You have to make an opinion about what happened in that situation. So if you're required to do that, to then say that an umpire could use their discretion to say, hey, where would the base runner have been? And then somebody else would say, well, why is that any different than if it had been a ground rule double that hadn't touched the outfielder, then it would have been second and third and nobody would have been belly aching about it. I think that there's always been some issue with that. We've always talked about how it's unfortunate, and it hurts the t- like we've talked about this forever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you do in order to fix that. This one seems a little bit more fixable. Could it be as simple as ground rule double with a man on base? That guy scores automatically. I um, then somebody would say if there aren't two outs and the runner isn't going, you know, like I. I, I don't know. I think that the answer I mean, most is most times when it's a ground rule double, I think the answer is hit well enough that the guy should get a good enough read. To, should should right. should. Um, I but I think that it's it's easier to say you've got four umpires. By the way, in the postseason six, you got four umpires. You've got the ability for one of them to be watching to see where the runner was at the point at which it was contacted, and then say you get two bases from there. The idea that the rule is two bases from the pitch for the runner. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make a lot of sense. For rewarding an outfielder for their failure. It's complicated, and I get that. And to me, it's not about... There's no illegitimacy to the Red Sox winning last night. There isn't. Or they cheated. I mean, there's illegitimacy to the Red Sox, their existence, but there's no illegitimacy to their winning the, the baseball game. They won fair and square... The way the rule was written, they're the winners. End of story. There's there's no way around that. But the rule is a problem that you can allow an outfielder to be rewarded for their failure to play the ball correctly. That There's nothing that's okay about that. And there, there's complications, and I understand that, but you got to do something about it, plain and simple, because th- that rule makes no sense. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Ravens-Colts tonight here in Baltimore, Monday Night Football. Our next guest is going to be on the call for Westwood One alongside our friend Kevin Harlan. It's a pleasure to welcome Ron Jaworski to the program. Jaws, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. All right. My pleasure, guys. Great to be with you. And, uh, looking forward to an exciting game tonight. Obviously, uh, you know, when Lamar Jackson is playing, it's a, you know, it's a human pinball. So we, we love watching and calling games uh, with Lamar Jackson playing. And 
Of course, the Colts are a team that's struggling a little bit right now, but they have a lot of talent on that football team, and when they're healthy, they'll make some noise. All right, let's talk about that, Jaws. In, in what way? Tell, tell me how the Colts I, – I think you won't, won't be surprised to know that very few people in Baltimore think that there's much of a threat to the Baltimore Ravens tonight from the Indianapolis Colts. So tell me, in what way could the Colts be maybe a little bit more dangerous tonight than perhaps Ravens fans and a, and a good amount of the media and analysts are giving them credit for? Well, I think you have to look at the quarterback. That's where it always starts, as I mentioned, for the Ravens. You know, when you talk about the Ravens, what do you talk about? Lamar Jackson. Right now, if you talk about the Colts, you've got to start with Carson Wentz. And, you know, he got hurt early in the season with, you know, two sprint ankles. And last week against Miami, he looked healthy. He played well. Now, you could kind of uh, disregard the, the Dolphins' defense. They're not very good. But, but Carson looked healthy. He looked like he understands, you know, where he wants to go with the football and, and, and primarily – Last year, he was a turnover machine. Uh, he is not turning the football over. He's keeping the ball out of harm's way, and he's been much more accurate with his pass. So, you know, I, I, that's where you start. With the quarterback being healthy makes a big difference. They want to run the football. If you look at Frank Reich, wherever he's been as, as a head coach, uh, as an offensive coordinator, he believes in that balance. He wants to run the football. He wants to make the defense defend the run and the pass. And when you have a, a, a solid power running back like Jonathan Taylor, sure. you have the advantage of that. Uh, their problem is they, they've been banged up in the offensive line. They have not been healthy. They've been banged up the wide receiver. They've not been healthy. So, you know, like the NFL, you've got to have able bodies on the field. And right now that's the question mark with the Colts on their offense. Joe, as you bring that up, the Ravens obviously have dealt with their fair share and then some in terms of injuries. All of their running backs got hurt in the preseason. They lost Marcus Peters. They've lost half their offensive linemen. And yet they're sitting here three and one after four games. <laughs> how, how impressed have you been by what the Ravens have been able to do to overcome? I mean, they haven't had their, their number one pick on the field. We're hoping we might see him tonight. But how impressed have you been by how the Ravens have been able to overcome what, what really is? This isn't, this isn't a normal, hey, injuries happen type of scenario. This is almost overwhelming what the Ravens have been through for the first month of the season. Well, I am probably uh, John Harbaugh's biggest fan. I've got unbelievable respect for how he coaches his football team, how he leads his football team, and how they orchestrate their offense and their defense. So I, I have utmost respect for, for what he does as, as a leader of that football team. And it, it was funny as I'm preparing for tonight's game and you know putting my charts together and all the notes, I'm, I'm looking, I'm going, look at the running back situation. I'm going, Latavius Murray? Oh, okay. Right, yeah, he's there. Devontae <laughs> Freeman. Yeah. Oh, okay. Le'Veon Bell. When did these guys come to the come to the race? Right, you know? right, right. I mean, after that disastrous day, you know, at the end of training camp, when it seemed like every running back they had went down, they fortified their running back position with veteran players that could step in and make plays. Now, they may not be at the, at the prime of their career, but they have filled in nicely and have really augmented the talents of Lamar Jackson. You you know, they have seen the Ravens really open up as far as throwing the football the last couple of weeks. A week ago, they threw the ball 37 times. And, Jaws, you know, I've said this all week long. I, I don't – it's not that the Ravens can't do that. They did it a week ago, and they won against what we thought was a competent football team in the Denver Broncos. They threw the ball 37 times, and they won the game. But – would you my my assessment has been I just don't know if that's the best way for the Baltimore Ravens to be winning football games and trying to compete to win a Super Bowl. Do you think they can continue to throw the ball this much and make it work all season long, or do you think they need to get back to finding more of that balance and being that more run heavy team that we've gotten to know from the Ravens the last couple of seasons? Yeah, I, I think they can. I, I I really believe they can throw the football a lot more. The one thing that has jumped out of me is I I watched tape of this offense this season. 
Lamar Jackson has improved um, as a quarterback that throws with better accuracy. Now, you know, if you get to the NFL, you can throw the ball with accuracy. To me, it's about repetitive accuracy. When you get a guy open, you know, do you hit him or do you miss him? And, and, and I'm seeing a much more consistent Lamar Jackson down the field. You know, the dink and dunk throws, you know, every quarterback in this league could hit those. But you're going to get two or three opportunities per game where you get a shot down the field and you got to hit those. You've got to get those explosive plays. So I think clearly I've seen the improvement in Lamar Jackson in that regard. I think it's, it's a good receiving core. And, of course, you know, with Mark Andrews, you have one of the premier tight ends in the NFL. So I, yeah, I, I think you can go out there and play some throw ball with, with this team. But that's not normally the, the John Harbaugh style. It's not the Greg Roman style. And, by the way, um, I believe Greg Roman will be high on everyone's list next year as a head coach in this league. So mm. enjoy him while you got him now because I mm. think he's one of the most creative uh, offensive coordinators in the NFL, especially in the running game. Uh, I mean, it's it, it's just fun to break that down. I, I look at their tape, and I'm confused where the ball is. So I got to give Roman some credit to how he designs that offensive scheme. But yes, I think I think they can throw the ball and be effective throwing the football. Are you? What's the adjective you would use to describe the depth at which they are throwing the football? Do you think that's sort of just the nature and evolution of the offense when a defense stacks the box with eight people, or is it more than that, that clearly they're making a concerted effort to have Lamar Jackson stretch the field and look further like down? It's a numbers game. And, and I, you know, I, I can maybe just enlighten you with, with maybe just some thoughts and Peyton Manning is a dear friend of mine. I remember call, you know, calling games for the Colts and spending a lot of time with Peyton. And uh, you know, he always talked about Edger James. That he would never put Edger and James in harm's way. And I say that in this regard. If a team loaded the box, if there was a running play called, Peyton was getting out of it. Yeah. There was not going to be a situation where they couldn't block the guys that are going to hit Edger and James. And I think that's an outstanding rule for playing the quarterback position and orchestrating your offense. If those safeties are deep, that's when you run it. When you've got a light box, you hand the ball off, and you're going to get you're going to get five yards per attempt. But most quarterbacks, most coaches can't be patient enough to play the game that way, especially in today's modern era of throw ball. You know, everyone's throw the ball 45, 50 times because the rules, quite honestly, allow you to do that. Um, but I think the you know, the team that can run the football, a quarterback that sets up the running game. And, and it gets us up as running backs with running into a light box, and when they load the box, that's when you throw it down the field. He's Ron Jaworski. He's on the call tonight for Westwood One, Ravens, Colts. He's with us here on GCR. Jaws, we mentioned getting their first, uh, their number one pick, hopefully back tonight. We'll see. Rashad Bateman, if it's not tonight, it's going to be next week, we presume. Um, what do you do with a rookie wide receiver, even as talented as Rashad Bateman is, that didn't get to have – a full camp and didn't get to have that time with Lamar Jackson necessarily to develop that rapport. There's going to be high expectations because he was your number one pick. Like, how do you handle that? Inserting a guy like that in the offense as you're already into the swing of the season. Yeah, it, it is much more difficult when you haven't had the advantage of training camp. And I think if you look back to last year where no team had training camp due to the pandemic, uh, I saw a, a lot of young players really struggle early. Uh, but clearly, you know, there's been practice, there's been a training camp, there's been off-season programs. Uh, I'm sure he's been working with, with all the quarterbacks and, and understanding, you know, this offensive scheme. So, but like any rookie, you know, there are different levels. Of, uh, are guys ready or are they not ready to play? So, yeah. you know, only time will tell. You know, I'm in Philadelphia. I see how, you know, Devontae Smith, you know, really as a rookie stepped in and, and picked the offense up really quick. So yep. you just don't know. Every guy is different. No, no, that's a great point, um, and we'll have to find out, right, as the next couple of weeks yep. play out. We'll find that out. 
the, the Ravens will almost certainly break this record, Jaws, this streak of 100 yards of team rushing that the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, have held since 1970s. And it was so significant for them that Rocky Blyer admitted he, to me he had no idea that they held this record. Um, <laughs> aside from the goofiness and the anger from Vic Fangio, pushing that all aside, I've struggled with this because I've just never thought that 100 yards of team rushing was like a, a number that was significant in any way. I'd never heard that before. But but what does it say? Like, what 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 do you make of when the Ravens inevitably get to that number tonight? I say inevitably. They struggled to get to it last week, but I think they'll get to it tonight. Um, and they do break that record. What, what what will you say about it then, Jaws? Like, what, what does this mean? What is the significance of the Ravens doing this for 44 consecutive games? It's a core value that they have in running their offense that, that, that John Harbaugh has. And I agree with him 100%. And, you know, you mentioned that those teams in the 70s, you know, with, with Rocky Blyer, Franco Harris, those guys, that was my era. And because of the way they played the game, and again, I know the game is different now, and I don't want to be one of those guys talking about the old days, um, but running was more important. The physicality of the game was more important. Now it's more of a finesse game. But I will say this. If you do not have a physical element to how you play the game, offensively or defensively, you're going to get pushed around. So it just says to me that they work hard. It means a lot to them to dominate the line of scrimmage, to be physical, to impose your will uh, on defensive lines and linebackers and safeties, they want to come up and get nosy. So I think it says a lot more about the character of their football team, how it's built, that when you play the Baltimore Ravens, you better put a double chin strap on because it's going to be a physical game. It's not necessarily the streak, the number of yards. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of sending a message. This is how we play football, and you better be ready to be physical. Uh, just one more on the on tonight uh, and the Raven where the Ravens are, and that's just the um, the fact that Justin Tucker is alive and breathing, and in watching everything that that we saw in the NFL yesterday, can can you put words into how remarkable it is that that, that this man? I, I know that kicking as a whole has improved as the years have gone on, and it's created new standards. But like, yeah, it Not sucked. Yesterday. Yeah, it sucked yesterday <laughs> around the league. And uh, you think about that Cincinnati Green Bay game where it was an abomination, obviously, as the game went on. But w- what does it say to you about Justin Tucker? And uh, you know, I, James Lofton was on here a couple weeks ago. He said, "I don't think that Justin Tucker is a Hall of Famer. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer," which is nuts to me for us to talk about any kicker in that way, right? Like it's just not the way the world has worked. But what could you say possibly about Justin Tucker, particularly in the context of what we saw watching football all day yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, if you're a kicker, man, you didn't want to watch TV because you got demons in your head right now. It was was an awful day for kickers. Uh, And I was a holder for 16 of my 17 years in the league, man. And I know when when I look in kickers' eyes, I can tell you if they're going to make the kick. Really? Really? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, and, and, and... if I'm Steve Bashotti, I'm getting my checkbook open right now. And I'm saying I need to extend this guy's contract even longer because he's good <laughs> for two wins, two wins every year. I mean, he's right. going to win you two games on his own. And by, by the way, I'll, I'll throw another nugget out there. You guys are probably aware of it, but the Baltimore Ravens are the only team in the NFL that has a specific kicking coach. That being Randy Brown, who's right. doing it for like 18 years right. now. And you know, even before Justin Tucker, the kickers he had in Baltimore were all outstanding. And it always it, it just bugs me sometimes. The teams spend so much money. I don't. I look at these coaching staffs now. There's 25, 28 coaches on every staff, and yet the Ravens are the only one that has a specific kicking coach that understands. Because Randy himself was a kicker in college, understands the mechanics of how to kick the football. Yes, just like playing quarterback, you come in with certain talents, but you have to have a coach that refines those talents. 
So I think the combination of Randy Brown and Justin Tucker has been a win-win for for the Baltimore Ravens, and I think it gets them two wins every single well, year. And and his holder's pretty good too, Sam Cook, who also has. Yeah, he's been there be, forever as well. Yep, <laughs> correct. And also happens to be one of the best kicker or punters that we've ever seen. I mean, he's he's truly remarkable. All right, Jaws, let's get some plugs in for you. I know you're involved like a billion different things, including are are are, are you still partners with our old quarterback here? Is he still Joe Flacco? Yeah. yeah. Joe, Joe, Joe and I are, are partners. I've known Joe since his high school days at Audubon High School, and his family, and we've been good friends forever. And Six years ago, uh, I, I bought a golf course about 10 minutes from Joe's house, about 20 minutes from my house in South Jersey. And, you know, uh, I said, Joe, I'm looking for some investors. He was in in a heartbeat. So uh, That's cool. uh, we still maintain our friendship. And as you guys know, Joe's a, a special guy. And he's, I know he's special in, no in Baltimore for what he accomplished there in Super Bowl MVP season. But uh, he's just a good person, good family man, and I'm, I'm proud to have him as a partner. Uh, we we love Joe. We always will. That's the way it goes. We're, we're really happy with the guy we have now. We want to make that very Absolutely. clear. Absolutely. You move very on. very happy with that guy. Uh, yeah. But, no, we'll always love Joe Flacco here in Baltimore. What else can we plug for you, all the many business uh, businesses that you're involved with? Well, I, I would the, the one thing that, that, that I get the most satisfaction out of is my foundation. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and we've raised over $6 million. Uh, for, th- for in, in 37 years, I've had the foundation for at-risk kids in our community. So it's something uh, that my family takes great pride in. Uh, we do golf events. We do bike drives. We do a cigar party when Mike did get the Super Bowl. And we raise money, and we give it right back to the, the at-risk kids in our community. So clearly, it, it's a passion that I have and that my family has. So I, I appreciate the, and, and the that's, opportunity to that's, say that's some good jo- about it. It's called the John's Youth yeah. Playbook. And everyone everyone. Uh, Make a donation. We have our bike drive going on right now. We give away hundreds of bikes uh, to kids that, that could, normally couldn't afford a bike. And, and uh, that happens around the Christmas holiday, so it's a special time. Jaws Youth Play on Twitter is how you can find out more. And, of course, he's at Jaws CEO QB on Twitter as well. Ron Jaworski, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, sir. Enjoy uh, a little trip down to Baltimore today and look forward to chatting with you again down the road. Hey, I'm fired up. It's going to be a great game tonight. It's Monday Night Football. Love Get it, excited. Man. The whole nation will be watching. Thanks, Jaws. Appreciate you. Ron Jaworski, of course, former NFL quarterback at the Eagles. And, um, you know, you watched him on ESPN for basically the entirety of my youth. Ron Jaworski was a ubiquitous part of my yep. Uh, uh, ESPN viewing in my life, mm-hmm. and um, and he'll be on the call tonight with uh, Kevin Harlan. I mean, what more he's could a, you ask for? Yeah, man. right. What more could you ask for? If for some reason you're not able to um, watch the game tonight, wherever you are, you can listen to it on Westwood One with Kevin Harlan and Ron Jaworski. Today's show is also brought to you by Window Nation. The fall is calling sale is going on right now with Window Nation. Temperatures are changing. Colors are changing. It's time for some change in your life. How about some new windows? Get two free windows for every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. There's no limit, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com in order to find out more. We come back in. Ravens wide receiver Miles Boykin will join us. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. 
Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back, and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko, and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites, like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel Rolls, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on Drag. Dine on their patios or in their dining room, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on PressBox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 19th at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. It's brought to you by PressBox, Grade 8's memorabilia, and True Strong Services. All right, back in here on GCR. Today's show is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. Do you have any more luck over the weekend? Uh, uh, a lot of the guys I played ended up inactive, which would have oh, that's just not good. lowered. That's it not good have, at all. It doesn't erase the ticket. It just decreases the number of plays you have in your parlay, so it decreases the value potentially of your winning ticket. Okay. But I didn't win any of them anyway. So ah, that's rough. That's it is rough. what it is. But you, you know still had the you'll, you'll always I have the had one. Fun, you, know? you still had the one last I still week. Had fun. You did win one. I still yeah. got some money to bank as well. There you go. Underdog fantasy football. The idea is we think we think we're only a few weeks away from legal sports betting in the state of Maryland. But we don't know that. 
we thought we were, you know, going to have it in time for the start of football season. And in the meantime, you can play those, you know, daily and weekly fantasy games. And they got them at Underdog Fantasy Football, but that's not betting. It doesn't feel the same. Underdog Fantasy Football allows you the opportunity to feel like you're actually betting. Go right now to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app, and you can play um, parlays, player props, stuff that really feels like you're making bets legally, 100% on the up and up. Use the code PRESSBOX, and if you deposit $10 or more, we will give you $10 free to play with. Again, the code is PRESSBOX, all caps, I think. If it doesn't work the first time, put it in all caps. It'll definitely work. I guess I should get that uh, clarified. I'll work on that today. Pressbox is the code. That's the point. Underdogfantasy.com or the Underdog Fantasy Football app and get the playing and having fun like Kyle Ottenheimer's been doing. That's that's the way. That's the way that you should be going about it. I'm I'm um I'm a little bit confused. So I want to get to um, before we get to Miles Boykin, just a couple of comments that have come in. John from Little Rock, what a chaotic, beautiful Saturday of college football and boxing is back. That fight was epic. One, it was a great fight. Unfortunately, I disagree about the boxing is back thing. I think that they're name name the next fight. Name the next one that could we'll get people that juice. There's nothing. Well, I, I know that like Anthony Joshua's out there and that was gonna be next. And I'm not saying that wouldn't be interesting. It would certainly be interesting and people would watch it. I don't think they would watch it like this. Um unfortunately, boxing this there's been one of these over the course of the last year, there's been about a hundred of the abominations. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to disagree about the boxing is back, but it was a hell of a fight. There's no doubt about that. It was a hell of a fight. Um, and yes, John, you're, that's the point. The, the college football has given the blueprint to the NFL. You want to market, you want to grow your sport still somehow, there's a way to do it. Put all the games on TV. Make it so that there's never a scenario where there is a big game that the majority of the country can't watch. Andrew Stecker was like, well, sometimes the Pac-12 game is only available in certain markets. If it mattered, everybody in the country would get to see it. There is not a chance that there is a game that matters in college football that you get limited to a certain market that gets to see it. I 100% agree. And what about, yeah, also in addition to that incident in the outfield last night, there was a moment where um, first this, I don't know, who was playing first base for the Red Sox last night? Dalbeck. Okay, um, Probably. Um, interfered with a runner around first base, and of course, that didn't get called. Yeah, I mean, it's, it should be called 100%. Should be called from um, uh, Wes. Uh, the Bengals Packers game was crazy. Yeah, that's what we're talking about with Jaws, the kicking stuff. Like, maybe they should I mean, some be of those playing were, for a 57 yard, and that's the thing. Some of those were really long kicks, right. and I, I think we've lost our mind because we see long kicks being made. I think it makes us like assume that all of those kicks get made. That's that's crazy. Now the one that Crosby missed, the first one that Crosby missed, the second one that Crosby mm-hmm. missed was the one in overtime. That was only like a forty-yard kick. He missed an kick. extra point first, didn't he? That was much earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying he once, had some struggles. Yes, but like he had a kick that was like a forty-yard kick that if they he makes it, they win the game, and he Correct. missed it. Yeah. That's a different that's a different problem, sure. obviously. Um, now he ended up making a fifty-yarder to win the game. So I, you know, I, I don't know what you say about Mason Crosby, but um, yeah, the idea that we assume that 55, 56, 57-yard field goals are going to be made. Is We have changed our standards unfairly. Like, that's not reasonable. And in overtime, when you just sort of turtle up, unless you got Justin Tucker, 
I wouldn't be doing that. I would be pressing credit to the Bills who figured out last night as they were trying to like run the ball and grind the clock out a little bit to start the second half when they realized like that's not who we are. That's not what we do. And we're putting ourselves at risk of giving the Chiefs the ball back to make this a football game again and said, we got to turn it up a notch. Like we got to go try to score. That's who we are. That's how we win football games. Playing for a 57-yard field goal is is crazy. I mean, like, I just don't. They'll always have the celebration, though. Who? Oh, the the, bang, the Bengals kicker who missed the kick and was celebrating as if he had made it? Yeah, 100%. Sarah yeah, Sarah McLaughlin, of course, uh, who was their kicker. And uh, Matt Myers points out that Carlos Beltran also showed up in Houston and was another B, but he says that Derek Bell left, so it was always three of them at the same time. So well, technically, that would have been four if they overlapped with Beltran. Be- no, um, he's saying with, um, he's with, saying um, Bagwell Berkman. Oh, you're saying if Berkman was there too? Yeah, I guess that I guess that would have been four of them at that point if Berkman was also in the mix. I got to be honest with you, I haven't done my Houston Astros history when it comes to this. The Astros uh, did not win last night, so they got to play Game Four. This afternoon as well, four MLB playoff games on tap today. Also, of course, on tap, Monday night football. Uh, we had to do this a little bit earlier on because, you know, there's a football game coming up a little bit later, but we had the opportunity to catch up with Miles Boykin. Let's take a listen right now here on GCR. Well, obviously tonight's a special night, Ravens-Colts, Monday night football, but there's something perhaps even more important than that going on. That's because tonight is the Ravens' crucial catch game And in partnership with the American Cancer Society, it's a pleasure for us to welcome back onto the program an ambassador for a crucial catch. And, of course, you probably know him better as a Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. It's Miles Boykin, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Miles, it's Glenn. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, dude. I I know this isn't your first time working with the folks with the Crucial Catch and the American Cancer Society. Um, I know you were involved last year. Can you take me back? How did you get hooked up, and and why is this something that matters so much to you? Uh, It's kind of crazy how it all happened because last year um, they were looking for ambassadors just throughout the league, and uh, they came across my name, and they asked, and obviously as soon as they asked, I, I said yes. And of course, as soon as I said yes, you know, COVID kind of kind of hits the whole world mm-hmm. and uh, kind of puts a pause in everything. But uh, the reason why it's, it's so important for me is just because I think cancer is something that has affected everybody. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. And uh, just Crucial Catch being able to hopefully, you know, screen and, you know, catch cancer earlier than, you know, what people normally catch it at. And just giving them a chance to be able to survive and, you know, have a better have a better life once they figure out that they have it and you know go through treatments and everything so uh, for me it was always important just because I wanted to help from that standpoint I think it's incredible I think it's, it's you know is, is it something that you knew obviously I think a lot of people are aware your mom's a nurse like w- w- was that a factor for you in wanting to get involved like had you heard stories from her over the years something along those lines well yeah of course uh Honestly, anything that, that comes from the medical field, you know, I, I automatically have a, you know, tie to my mom raised me. So yeah. I get to hear all of her stories about being a nurse and her helping people. So, you know, I think it's the least that I can do with, with the position that I'm in to try to help as many people as I can. You, you talk about how cancer has touched so many people. Is there anyone in particular in your life that it's touched that makes it more personal for you, Miles? Uh, not necessarily. My mom's best friend has uh, passed away from breast cancer. Ugh. Uh, my great grandfather passed away from cancer, but like I said, I just think it's one thing that you know, no matter who you are, everybody knows at least one person who has had cancer, whether they beat it or not. And that's why I think it's it's honestly it's great that we're talking about it now because throughout COVID, you know, 
we weren't nobody was really talking about sure. cancer as they sure. should be talking about COVID, rightfully so. But you know, I mean, a lot of people forgot about uh, kind of cancer and just bring awareness to it again and getting people to get screened early and often. He's Miles Boykin, Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. Again, the Ravens' crucial catch game is tonight as they take on the Colts. Miles, I'm, I'm going to tell you a nerdy story. I, I grew up, I'm 38 years old, and so living in Baltimore, I grew up obsessed with Cal Ripken. And Cal Ripken announced uh, early in 2020 that he, and he was very fortunate, that, that he had gone to a, a, a routine checkup, a physical, and he found out he had cancer. But because he had gone... Um, they got it so early that it, it was very simple for him. It, it, it was not really all that difficult. There was not an, an amount of risk. And, and as crazy as this sounds, hearing Cal Ripken say it made me say, oh, my God, I better go get a physical. Like, I bet I'm 38 years old. I got to start taking this stuff seriously. I haven't been to a doctor for a routine checkup in, in forever. Um, is that the biggest message from a crucial catch is – like, the, the, you need to make sure you're going and getting physicals. You need to make sure you go, you know, just because you never know. And, and you need to make sure you catch this early if, if, if that ends up being the case. Yeah, that's exactly the point. And honestly, and, and for most people, you know, in this country, I could sit up there and say, I understand where you're coming from. Because if I wasn't an athlete getting checked every year, I understand why I feel like it would be a nuisance to, you know, have those physicals, have those checkups. But, you know, now that I've seen the whole picture, it's, it, it might be a nuisance, but a nuisance that can save your life, you know, a nuisance that can, you know, help your loved ones. So that's how, that's how I look at it now. But, and I know a lot of people here and I say, yeah, it's a nuisance to get checked every year. It's a nuisance to get checked every so-and-so months, but um, you're doing yourself a favor. You're doing everybody around you a favor. You know, obviously uh, cancer is, uh, is, is deadly. So yeah. we want people to get, you know, checked early and often as often as they can. So important. It's so important, man. And I'm so glad that you're putting, you know, you speak about it so significantly. I'm so glad you're putting a, a voice and a face to the message here locally for people to understand. And, and I, I needed Cal Ripken to do it for me, which sounds so stupid. I'm nearly 40 years old. Why would that be the case? But there's probably even a younger person that, you know, what you're talking about, it, it rings for them like, right, yeah, even even professional athletes need to make sure that they're doing this, man. I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of that. Um, I, I know we probably can't say too much, right? Like, I understand that. But just generically, can we talk about you and how you're feeling and um, how ready you are to get on a football field again at this point? <laughs> Mentally, I'm, man, I'm so excited to get back on that field. <laughs> right. uh, physically, man, I'm getting better every day and uh, just taking, you know, one step at a time. And I'm just, you know, blessed to be a part of this team. And Blessed to be able to live my dream, but yeah, I can't wait to get back on the field again. How, how difficult is it? Like, you know, I, 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 it's not like football players get hurt. This happens, you know what I mean? Like everybody goes to this. But how difficult is it when you're watching your guys and and you want to be out there? Are, are you able maybe to to pick something up while you're while you're watching games in a different way and getting a different vision, or are you the type that maybe it's too painful to have to watch your guys play without you out there? No, I mean, it's painful, don't get me wrong, but I'm on the sidelines every game just kind of helping out the younger guys and just telling them what I see. But, uh, yeah, no, I think anytime you have an injury in football, no matter, you know, how many you've had, it, it's, it's always, you know, always sucks just because, you know, this is the first these are the first games I've missed in my career. So, uh, obviously, I want to be out there with my teammates, and they all know that. But, you know, right now, the best thing for me is just being able to, 
you know, help other people who, who are in that position now to, to go play at their best and, you know, just kind of telling them what I see and, and you know, being another set of uh, eyes and ears down there. The last two weeks have arguably been, like, Lamar's two best passing games, maybe in his career, right? Like, he's, you know, I... I know there were a couple balls that didn't go the right way in, in Detroit, and, and thankfully things went the right way anyway in the end. But, boys, he looked really good. They threw the ball 37 times. Is there a part of you that's like, man, I'm coming back at the right time. We're throwing the ball a little bit more now these days. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's always exciting just because uh, the fact that, you know, when I, when I look at our team and just the way we're trending, you know, we always get better throughout the season. And right now that's exactly what we're doing. We're getting better week in and week out. And it's just exciting to be a part of that just because, when you got a guy like Lamar leading us, you, you know you can't fail. You know he's just he's just one of those guys that he's going to make something special happen no matter what. He's Miles Boykin. He's with us here in GCR again. The Ravens' crucial catch game is tonight against the Colts. Miles, how do you measure? You know everything you've accomplished in your career. I think what stands out to a lot of people is you've obviously been a, for this offense the 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 dominant blocker that they have asked for at the wide receiving position. Um, to make this run offense, you know, we're talking the streak that's probably going to be broken tonight, the record for 100-yard rushing games as a team. You've been such a critical part of that. I'm sure there's a part of it's like, yeah, but I'd, I'd like to have 1,000 yards receiving too, right? Like, how do you measure all of this success that you've had in, in capacity versus what I'm sure is still a desire to be, you know, e- even more as far as putting up numbers as a pass catcher? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a receiver. Of course, I want to catch the ball, but one thing I want to do more than catching is win, and that's all we've done since. I've yeah, you've done here. a fair so, amount of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't ask for anything more. I'm at a great organization. I'm with uh, teammates that I love and with coaches that I love. So uh, the biggest thing for me is just winning the game, and you know, we've done that. Like I said, our fair share over the past, you know, two, two, and now going on three years. So that's my main objective: is to win the game and whatever it takes. And you know. I gotta block a hundred times in a row, then that's what I'll do. But it, it it doesn't matter to me as long as we're winning. How how impressed are you? I think one thing that people point out, you, you reference those young receivers that you've been working with, and obviously James had an unbelievable week a week ago, and we've seen some great moments from Devin too. And is this maybe like the deepest group of wide receivers that that you've been around since you've been in Baltimore? It, it seems like you guys are rolling with like legitimately, you know, up to seven quality NFL wide receivers right now. Yeah, definitely. I think everybody can play. And uh, I'm just excited for everybody around just because, you know, the, the better, you know, the, the group is, the better the team is. And I think they've gone out there and done a great job so far. And honestly, I can't wait to just go out there and grind with them, too. So that's the thing I miss most is just, you know, just working with them every day. So I understand uh, yeah, that. I understand. And then it creates competition, too. Right. And that's got to be that's got to be healthy in a lot of ways that you guys know nothing's promised because there's so many of you right now that could be out on the field. Absolutely. We're going to push ourselves to be better every day, whether it's practice, whether it's the game, uh, in the film room, everything. You've seen a lot of catches, man. How about that catch Marquise made last week? After <laughs> after everything he had been through, right, the week before, to make that play. Dude, that's that's one of the most unreal things I've ever seen. Man, watching him fly down the field, I, I was just so excited and just so happy for him just because uh, for Marquise, you know, I, he's a great player. Yeah. Those are the catches that I see him make on the daily. So I'm just happy that everybody else got a chance to see him make, make that catch. That was ridiculous, bro. <laughs> like, that was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, the important question, have you paid your mom back for the Xbox Live tab uh, yet? Have you <laughs> have you gotten around, you know, you're making money now. Have you gotten around to paying her back? Would she even accept it if you tried to pay her back? <laughs> no, she wouldn't accept straight up money. No, not at all. Okay. I, I, I don't know what the tab would have been over that that amount of years 
but I can promise you that I, I definitely paid that off. All right, all right. You've, you've taken care of her in different ways that sort of corresponded for the, the, the equivalent of the Xbox Live tab. Uh, right, have, right. Exactly. Have, have you attempted to guess maybe what the number might be? So remind everybody, what was the age that you first got Xbox Live, and how many years did your mom pay for the Xbox Live tab? From, from fifth grade to my First, pretty much my second year in the NFL. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> so we're, this is over a decade that we're talking about that mom yeah, picked yeah. up. It, yeah. it definitely wasn't cheap. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> did you? So at some point, you took over. You said, "Okay, mom, I've I've got a card now. I can it can go to me. I can make the payments now for the Xbox Live tab." Well, no, because she had she texted me like I guess her, she was changing her card. And she would like seen like her last statements or whatever, and she saw that Xbox was on there. She's like wondering like where is this coming from? And then she realized it and called me, which I had forgot about. It wasn't like I was just doing it on purpose. I, just, I guess forgot that you got to. Oh, I totally, I totally. I found out. I moved out to Arizona at one point when I was twenty three. And I found out that my parents were paying my cell phone bill. And I didn't know otherwise. Like, I just assumed that I had an automatic payment coming out. And because I switched addresses, I got this message. And they were like, your phone bill hasn't been paid. I'm like, wait, what the hell? Like, what is going on here? And that's the way that it works. All those people people judging me, there's a lot of people in the league that's still on their mom's uh, cell phone plan. No, no. I promise you. Would you be willing to name names? Would you be willing to name names of somebody who dogged you over the Xbox thing that you found out later was still um, maybe maybe suckling off the teat a little bit? Listen, I don't I don't remember who I was having a conversation with, but if I find out, I'll, I will expose them. I bro, promise you. Bro, <laughs> I'm dying to know. I'm dying. To, that's got to be a great feeling too. Like it's uh, I don't know if you play Uno much, but there's nothing better in the world than calling somebody out for not saying Uno. It's got to be a similar feeling, like when somebody comes after you to be able to turn around and say, "What now?" <laughs> Right. <laughs> what now, man? That's awesome. All right, Miles Boykin, what should we be watching out for tonight? I know during the broadcast, um, because it's a national TV game, I know there'll be a lot made about it, but for everybody that's going down to the stadium tonight, what should they be looking out for? What are they going to see related to a crucial catch tonight? Uh, I think they're going to see our, our colors that we're wearing on our flags. They're going to see that, and definitely on the sidelines, awesome. the uh, kind of like the the rainbow pattern that we're going to be wearing on the sweatshirts and uh, the towels that we're wearing, like the quarterback towels that, that a lot of the players are wearing, just trying to bring awareness to the whole crucial crucial catch. That's incredible, man! It's such a good thing, and we want to encourage people to go right now to NFL.com slash crucial catch again nfl.com slash crucial catch you can begin the screening process right there i know a lot of people probably don't even have doctors like i understand that's the way it was for me when i decided i didn't even have a doctor i had to go find one but nfl.com slash crucial catch and you can also make a donation to the american cancer society and the wonderful work that they're doing uh, Miles Boykin, man, we can't wait to see you back out on the field. We're, we're hoping it's it's very soon. We're hoping it's perhaps tonight for the crucial catch game, but we'll see. Whenever it is, we're going to look forward to seeing you back out there. And uh, really appreciate, man, what you're doing. I, I, I hope you know this is going to save lives, dude. You you really th- – I know it seems simple, and but this is going to save someone's life, man. And I, I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that you're getting involved with it, bro. No, thank you. I appreciate you having me again. Miles Boykin, Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, getting ready for the crucial catch game tonight, and uh, we'll see. Uh, again, the deadline is uh, 4 o'clock today for the Ravens to announce whether or not he or Rashad Bateman or both will be activated in order to play, and uh, it would be great news, and you know, it, it can only help, right? And I know that there's still the next question, which is this thing that we've always been asking for, can you use Miles Boykin maybe as more of a tight end, perhaps, if he gets on the field, and... 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That's the only thing we can keep saying is we'll see. Um, but he helps. He helps like in trying to get the run game going. It'd be very, very beneficial to the Baltimore Ravens to have Miles Boykins blocking for sure on the field. So, um, you know, we'll find out as the day goes on how that plays out. Today's show also brought to you by the Great Eights Memorabilia and the Tyus Bowser Show, which returns. We will be back in action one week from tomorrow night. We'll be at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena, Tuesday, October 19th, for the next Tyus Bowser Show. It's brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia, Press Box, and True Strong Services. And we want to see you there. You can go to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser in order to find out more. It's very simple. Some simple rules because we got to be safe in uh, COVID times, make sure that we're not causing any outbreaks. But other than that, you get the opportunity to come out, meet Tyus and his special guest, celebrate what we hope will be a a, a six-game winning streak. Is that the math? Five-game. Five-game winning streak by that point for the Baltimore Ravens. So next Tuesday night at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena, we will see you then. When we come back in, we're going to preview uh, tonight's game. We're going to get the uh, Colts side of things as former Baltimore Colts assistant, now Indianapolis Colts radio analyst Rick Venturi is going to join us. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. 
As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Bear Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, Beer, Wine, and Spirit Showcase, and so much more. Come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, October 14th through 17th. Buy your tickets now at MarylandFiveStar.us with the number five. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. I was just talking about Great Eights memorabilia. I want to remind you guys, they're doing an amazing event. The Harvest of Hope Game Day Food Drive with Ray Rice is coming up in just a few weeks at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. It's Sunday, November 21st, and we want you to support that. A uh, great opportunity to lift up some people in our community who need it. Find out more at greateightsmemorabilia.com with the number eight. Into hour number two of today's program as we get you ready for Monday night football. Tonight, Ravens-Colts here in Baltimore. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single-game tickets are now available at baltimoreravens.com slash tickets and as we preview the Colts we welcome in a man who knows a thing or two about Baltimore he was here for a few years as an assistant with the Baltimore Colts now of course part of the uh, Colts broadcast team out in Indianapolis he is coach Rick Venturi and he's with us once again here on GCR coach it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore it's great to chat with you thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning oh man I really look forward to it I was hoping to be live there but that Southwest Airlines walkout or whatever killed us. We couldn't get out. Are you serious? Uh, yesterday, commercially. So we're going to end up doing this game tonight from remote. But I was oh. really looking forward to, you know, coming back to Baltimore. That was my start, believe it or not, 39 years ago. But um, I was really looking forward to getting back and getting in that stadium. I've played in that stadium several times since. Sure. So. But uh, excited about Monday Night Football, that's for sure. Well, I'm sorry you're not going to be able to make it out here. That's a, that's a real bummer, but it's great to chat with you. I, as Coach, I, I think you won't be surprised to learn that uh, Ravens fans are a bit dismissive of tonight's game. That They sort of think that um, there might only be one team playing tonight. And I was, I'm trying to get a sense for how are the Colts more dangerous than perhaps they're being given credit for based on their start to the season. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, and you know I hope you're right because I think that helps us because that does carry over to the team. Of course, you're 14 and one in primetime games. There, uh, you know, you had probably the best game of the year last last week. Um, you know, particularly from a defensive standpoint. Um, you know, so you know, basically all arrows are pointing up. I, I will say this: you know, the Colts are banged up, but the Colts would be at full strength a contender. Uh, Carson Wentz is a guy that can make things happen. Uh, you know, we saw that last week, even though he had those ankles hurt, he's getting better every week. He can get out of trouble. I think our defense is a defense that can do a decent job against Lamar. I, I'm not sure anybody ever shuts him down, but we are very fast, uh, you know, particularly at linebacker and at safety. And I think we can play those edges. I thought we played them extremely well in the first half last year 
when they were running their NC, what I call their NCAA offense. I thought we actually controlled him pretty good. And then he had one of his great days from the pocket um, against us in the second half, you know, very much like he had the 316-day game mm-hmm. last week. But from a coaching standpoint, I, I'd take my chances on that. I, I think if you saw off his legs, then you're going to have a chance. But, you know, I mean, I, I think in, from that standpoint, I think our defense is fast. Um, I, I, li- I like the Ravens. I think they're getting better on defense every week. Um, but I don't necessarily see this defense as the, you know, the the Ray Lewis, Ed Reed sure. defense. They're 16th sure. and 24th against the pass. So, I mean, it's not like they're just a total shutdown defense. So, you know, as you point out, and I, we brought that up a couple times, the, the Colts did about as good of a job as anybody had done uh, a year ago against the Baltimore Ravens. Is the defense as good as it was what we saw a year ago, I know it's not like they've been giving up thirty plus points this year. They haven't, they haven't been shutting teams down. But that's you know the NFL doesn't allow for that any longer, right? Like that's the nature of the game. Is this defense as good as what we saw a year ago when they did have some success against the Ravens? I, I, w- I would have to say it hasn't played as well, um, you know, and and there's different reasons for that. Um, our first three ball games, I thought we really we're underproductive on defense. Um, the one thing that's really hurt us is uh, Darius Leonard, who is great in a game yeah. like this because he's a sideline to sideline guy, has played, but he has not been as effective. You know, he's had that, he came in with an ankle that was worked on in the offseason. We thought it would be fine. And he just hasn't had that speed and range that he's had before. Otherwise, we really are pretty much intact. There, there really isn't any reason, uh, you know, for us to have gone backwards. You know, I do think we've played some really good offenses. And the thing that has always been the Waterloo here is basically the Colts have always had trouble with great passing games. There are very simplistic defenses. And, you know, the, the, now we haven't had as much trouble with good running teams. We've normally played pretty well in those situations, but the great uh, passing teams have really hurt us. And, you know, we started out with three pretty good quarterbacks to start the season, but I would say if we're behind it all, it's because Leonard is has not been himself. And also worth pointing out uh, to Ravens fans that uh, rookie edge rusher Quiddy Pay is not going to play again tonight. Right, so, right. Um, that somebody that clearly there's some high expectations for in Indianapolis that they're, they're waiting on a little bit at the moment. Yeah, there really is. And Pay looked really, really good in the preseason. He looked like he was going to exceed early expectations. And I think he's got a real high ceiling in this. But, you know, he got into regular season and, you know, it was a little bit different. I mean, it's like going from, you know, a small river to the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, it was it's totally different. And then, he, you know, he came up and he hurt himself. And so he's been out. So the progress, you know, hasn't been there, I think, more from the injury. We did play better on the edge last week. Our other young kid, um, uh, Toure, uh, actually had two sacks, and he's a guy that we know have talent, but he's just been in and out of the lineup for two years. So um, no question we were hoping to get pay and Toure on that edge, you know, because we gave you guys Houston, I mean, you know, who really was a really good player for us, and I think that's, you know, t- kind of – that's kind of uh, emblematic of what the Ravens do. I have so much respect for all their top people. Ozzie Newsom and I uh, are, were great friends in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeCoster has done a really good job of taking over from him. But, 
I mean, just, I mean, for the, I told the people here, you know, you lose Dobbins and you lose Edwards, two prime guys, but three weeks later, you're playing with Murray and Bell and Freeman. I mean, how does that happen? You know, you lose Judon and the next thing you know, you've got Houston and, and Oway. So, you know, they managed to stay ahead of the curve from a personnel standpoint. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable what they've done. There's no doubt about that. Coach Rick Venturi is with us. Of course, Colts color analyst getting ready for Monday Night Football tonight. Um, I, I, I've heard some, like, rumblings in Indianapolis. Justin Houston, of course, just was very dismissive. He was asked last week, you know, is this is this more right. important to you? And he's like, ah, it's just another game. And then I heard <laughs> from some folks in Indianapolis who were like, yeah, when he played the Chiefs, he said the same thing. And then he went out and had, like, the game of his life <laughs> at that point. Um, are you at all nervous about Justin Houston maybe wanting a bit of a revenge game this evening? <laughs> you bet I am. I mean, I, I, coach, I coached that uh, league for – 27 years. I've now broadcasted 12 more. And let me tell you this, I I don't care who it is. uh, When somebody, uh, you know, in in effect, rejects you, uh, (laughs) you, the one thing you want to do is you want to kill that team. And and, and people will always minimize it. We're never going to say we mean that. But whether you're a coach or whether you're not, (laughs) you're going to be out to get them. I, I, you know, I, I hope you're right about that, Coach, for what it's worth. Selfishly. Well, we're hurting on the edge, yeah. too. I mean, you know, uh, we have, uh, you know, Braden Smith, who was our really outstanding right tackle, has been out since, um, you know, since the opener. Um, you know, our left tackle, Fisher, who we got after an Achilles, um, you know, is, is working his way back, but he's really not 100%. You know Nelson, our our left guard, our you know our our you know our leading offensive lineman is out. So I mean we we've had trouble, and I, I'm I'm sure Houston is is licking his chops to get on our right tackle. Let's talk a little bit about the Carson Wentz situation because I feel like if there's this outside perspective because Wentz has been battling <laughs> injuries that that he's the problem. But like in in looking at how he's played, he, it seems like coach he's actually played fairly well despite the fact the Colts have only won one game so far. I would say this. I couldn't agree more, and I, I'm right in the middle of it all the time. I've always said, you know, your, your head coach and quarterback get too much credit and too much blame. I mean, I mean, if we have 20 issues on this team, he's the 21st. I mean, I, I think he's played his tail off. We threw him out there two weeks ago, and he couldn't run as well as me, and I'm 75 years old, and I can't run. Hmm. I mean, he had hmm. two terrible ankles, and he still fought through it. Uh, I thought he played extremely well last week, uh, just extremely well. I think he had an 81 QBR and well over 100 uh, passer rating uh, and really moved around. I I think our problem has been the discontinuity. After years of continuity in the offensive line, we've just been you know emaciated in training camp. He missed training camp, so he really didn't get it. You know, And because of that, we haven't run the ball as well. All these dominoes mount up. We didn't play defense as well. But as I said, I thought Car- I think if you're a Ravens fan, you want to be alert that this guy can beat you. Is there is there reason to believe that continuity is coming? I know they've been dealing with wide receiver injuries too, and and whether or not they have yeah. enough around them. Like, is there reason to believe they can get there this season, or is it? maybe starting to get a little bit late early when it comes to the Colts and their chances in 2020. Well, that's why this game is so big to the Colts. If the Colts would, you know, could somehow pull it off. And don't get me wrong, they're up against it. 
But, you know, they go back then, they would go back to two and three with a bunch of games that they can win. This division has two, you know, one oh and five, one oh and fourteen, two oh and fourteen, oh and five teams. So, I mean, you know, this division is, um, you know, and Tennessee is not a fabulous team. I mean, they're, they're struggling to win. They lost a week ago. I mean, so, you know, this division is very much in play. And there's a lot of games coming up that we can win, but you just don't want to dig that hole further. Uh, if you go one and four, you know, now you have very, very little wiggle room for the rest of them. But I think it's fixable. I think we're going to get Braden and Nelson back. Uh, the discontinuity, there's no question about it, killed us. I, I felt like, honestly, and I, I have no better way to articulate it, that our preseason was almost ridiculous. We got absolutely nothing out of it. I felt like our first three games now, unfortunately, is against really good teams, was almost like a regular preseason. I didn't feel like that we looked like an organized, um, functioning Colt team till last Sunday. Now, albeit Miami's not very good, but we just looked better, period. You know, and I look at it from a, a coaching dissecting standpoint, not just from a number standpoint. Sure. So, so let me let me pose it this way as we wrap, Coach. It, the blueprint. If there's a roadmap to how the Colts would pull off an upset tonight, what would that roadmap be? Okay, I, I would say at the top of the list is time of possession. That's something that the Ravens control, and it's kind of lost, and it isn't always in itself a big thing. I think the Colts have to dominate first and second down against the Ravens uh, with a real mixture of play pass, screens, runs. They don't want to get in third down on the Ravens. The Ravens are a monster on third down with winks, packages, blitzes, you know, which really are, uh, you know, would really hurt us. So, you know, I think the first part of the blueprint there, along with time of possession, is dominate first and second down. You know, and then we have got to control, you know, the monster, the eel at quarterback. I mean, and, and I think that's a two-chapter um, that's a two-chapter challenge. I mean, I think on first down and, and second and five or less, you know, you have to control the NCAA game, which means you have to play great on the edge. You have to change up the edge. You know, you can't let them run directly at you, but you have to control Jackson in, in that situation. And then along with that, when you get them in passing downs, you have to rush intelligently, kind of a crush rush. I mean, there's different ways to do it. We do have fast linebackers who can spy and hug and get close. Um, you know, so, I mean, but I think there's two things. I think you want to saw his legs off, number one. And then number two, nothing easy. I mean, the other hidden fact, I think the Ravens are fifth in, uh, in plays over 20 yards in the league. And a lot of that has obviously gone to Hollywood. So, you know, again, if we can control Jackson, uh, if we can keep Hollywood off the board deep, and then control first and second down with our offense, which would lead to time of possession, which would give us a chance. All right. He is Coach Rick Venturi, Indianapolis Colts color analyst, Ravens Colts coming up tonight. Uh, Coach, appreciate you taking the time for us. One of the few uh, uh, connections that we have left to the days of the Baltimore Colts. Appreciate you taking a couple minutes with us this morning. Thanks so much for doing it. Always enjoy it, guys. Thank you. He's Coach Rick Venturi checking in with us ahead of tonight's game. Appreciate him taking the time. You know, I, I don't like everybody else. I, you know, you picked the you picked the Colts, didn't you? You picked the Colts to cover. I did. If yeah, I remember correctly. I just think they could keep it closer than seven. Um, the Ravens. Look, seven's always tricky. It's the NFL, man. Right. Seven's always a tricky number. It's just always no. I don't care who the opponent is because goofy things happen. And 
you know, yesterday, like the the Patriots, I absolutely thought the Patriots would roll against the Texans. They fall behind by two scores. They end up coming back to win. But I was hammering the Mills under. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you be, right? Like, why wouldn't Rookie you quarterback. be? Yeah, of course, 100%. And so it's the NFL, man. Goofy things occur. And what you're reminded of is that they don't care about betting the way that you care about betting. That no, that seven number means nothing to anyone in Baltimore. Now, for whatever reason, the 100-yard team rushing thing does, but that's a different conversation. It's also have historically been able to run the football well. The Ravens sure. have been suspect at times against the run this year. Yeah. They struggle defending running backs, pass, catch pass catching footballs and tight ends they've got a stable despite not really having a main guy um i don't know i mean it's certainly would not be surprised if the ravens go out and roll them but right i i don't know I well, bet let's on let's, it not let's do a quick picks recap here because we'll, tomorrow we'll be talking ravens for the most part uh picks recap will be brought to you by window nation the fall is calling sale is on right now Get two free windows for every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Pay nothing for two full years. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Um, Kyle took some risks in his college picks. and Penn they, State one might have paid off had their quarterback stayed healthy. Maybe. I don't know. They were, backup like, could not do Well, he couldn't throw. Like, he, he actually was mobile and but offered something up that way. all he could do was yes, do that. Correct. He was... could not throw. Um the uh, yeah the Maryland thing I don't want to talk about it why would I want to talk about it it was uh, it's an unmitigated disaster there's no other way to say it um, I I don't know that this means the rails come off for the season and they don't win any games it's it's tough right like Michigan State looks really good um, we'll see but they lose sixty six seventeen Kyle was the only one that took a risk on Maryland he also took Penn State and Iowa figured it out and won twenty three to twenty. I think the bigger storyline is like with with Alabama losing. You look up all of a sudden Iowa's the number two team in the country, and they seem like they're going to get upset by something. You know, like they didn't look like that. They didn't look like a number two team in the country against Penn State. So we'll see. You know, they got, I'm saying they got fortunate. It seems that the quarterback got hurt at Penn State. Yeah, maybe, maybe. My, it's I, I, I don't know. I can't see the future. You know what it's I mean? Seventeen I, points in a quarter and a half, I and then you. I hear you. Yep. Um. So everybody else got those points. Everybody was on Oklahoma, and that looked like a dis- disastrous decision. Although it wouldn't have mattered because we all took them. Until all of a sudden, that became the most entertaining uh, football game you've ever seen in your life. They decide to turn to Caleb Williams, a former guest of this program. Uh, Caleb Williams. That is true. Because uh, Maryland was in the mix for him. He's a DC kid, Gonzaga, if I remember correctly. Um, looked all right. Looked really good. Looked really good. So Oklahoma does end up uh, covering as they win 55-48 in the Red River rivalry. Of course, uh, we already covered the fact that I was the only one who went with Seattle on Thursday night. Still want to know where I get my refund for that mispass interference late. It's very weird that you guys as gentlemen haven't stepped up and done the right thing. I'm kind of surprised, disappointed in you guys. Green Bay, Cincinnati, we covered a little bit earlier. Very goofy. Very, very, very goofy. Um push it ends up being a push yes for us i don't care about that i'm just talking about the goofy part as far as the game is concerned um it's hard not to be impressed by cincinnati uh you're nervous about joe burrow there for a minute as it looked like he was seriously hurt Completed packers defense without smith and jair alexander fine we've seen it now for five weeks from joe burrow and jamar chase they look like a problem they look like they're going to be i'm not trying to tell you that cincinnati can win the division but Cincinnati building around Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, it looks like they're going to have something for years. In the same way that Ravens fans will point out that Andy Dalton and A.J. Green were a problem, and Joe Burrow's probably better than Andy Dalton. Mm, yes. And I don't, you know, 
We'll see if Jamar Chase proves to be better long-term. And A.J. Green was really good for a really long time. But pure talent-wise, he's certainly at that level. Um, that's going to be a problem. There's no getting around that. And that's going to be an issue for years to come as long as those guys stay healthy. Uh, Chargers-Browns proved to be the best game not only of the day, but perhaps of the season. A thriller um, credit to the Browns, who were smart enough to know, like, we got to let this guy score at the end of the game because it's our only hope of finding a way to win. It's something that more teams have to do. You have to let teams score to give yourself a chance at the end of games. You cannot allow this to come down to them being able to, you know, hoping for a chip shot field goal to be missed. I get it. Like, there were some missed field goals yesterday, but a chip shot field goal being missed is not something that's likely to occur. Chargers win 47-42. They get they get some big st- like for for the fact that they gave up 42 points. They got big stops when they needed to late in that game. Multiple big stops in the fourth quarter. Still questions about their run defense. I there's questions about it, you know. I got questions about a lot of things, but I don't have any questions about Justin Herbert. Of course. That guy is unbelievable. I mean, just ridiculous. They made a smart hire this offseason with the offensive coordinator. They certainly did. Uh Chargers win 47-42. Only Stetka picked the Browns in that game. Only Ken Zalis went with Arizona again. And I, I didn't watch any of this game. It appeared to not be a game that was particularly worth watching, but the Cardinals win 17-10 to stay unbeaten. And only Wild KZ. catch from Rondell Moore. Yeah, there was that. That's about all I could tell you about that game. Uh, well, I mean, Trey Lance was not super efficient throwing nope. the football. Nope, he wasn't. KZ gets that point. Uh, KZ and I were both on Buffalo um, in a game that, was 38 to 20 and barely as competitive as the score leads it out to be like that was an ass kicking Mm -hmm. that was a bludgeoning and i i I made a joke about it credit to the people in the national media and i I know it's gonna sound like a backhanded compliment and i want to make it very clear that's only because it is credit to all the people in the national media who are trying to make it seem like there's some controversy related to the um roughing the passer that was called as the chiefs had gotten it back to a two-score game in the second half that are blatantly willing to ignore that the play before that, there was a completely phantom hold called on the Bills on a play that would have been a first down anyway. This thing that we do where we try to pretend like one questionable call is somehow more significant than any of the other questionable calls is one of the most amazing bits that exists in sports media because it just gets perpetuated and it gets you all those interactions that you want because there's a group of angry people about one thing and by ignoring it, by not just saying the truth, which is this is how football works, there's a multitude of questionable calls all throughout the course of a game, and it has nothing to do with the story of what happened last night. It's amazing. I mean, it really is amazing that, that, that they're willing, otherwise intelligent people are willing to perpetuate this nonsense because they do it in the name of interaction, in the name of, of clicks, in the name of... Getting love. people to respond. I don't think it's pride in the name of love situation. I don't think that's what it is. Um, I called out Florio for it last night, but I want to make it very clear. He is not the only. This is an amazing bit that really smart people. Do. How Collinsworth was trying to bang the drum for that last night, as if it was the I don't story. Why they gave him that drum? I, it, it was weird. Well, they were in Kansas City. They do some I of get the, it, but the know, acoustics in the room stuff. were not great. Um, the the Bills kicked the Chiefs' asses up and down the field, and the Bills certainly. 
a lot of people came out of that saying, wow, the Bills look like the best team in football. They might be. I don't know. I mean, the Chiefs' the, defense is very bad right yeah, now. Yeah, but the, it's not just that. I it's get the Bills, it. the Bills, de- are really, Bills yeah. defensively, what what we were dismissive of because of the opponents they were playing, we didn't really have questions about the Bills' offense. That that wasn't They didn't need to answer that last night. They, of course, they look great offensively. We were dismissive of the Bills' defense because of the opponents they were playing. And then they went and they had their way with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills are really good. There are people acknowledging that it seems like the Chiefs, I mean, look, I get it. He was never their go-to guy, but they might be missing Sammy Watkins a little bit on the outside as well. I, I mean, mean, I don't think that... I have no idea what that would be for. That, that Sammy Watkins did nothing for the Chiefs. You understand, like, he is still somebody that is fast and capable of taking the top of Michael the defense. Hardman's fast. He's also a better intermediate receiver than Hardman. Maybe, but he wasn't in Kansas City. We, we're trying to rewrite. Look, I love the fact that Sammy Watkins has been productive in Baltimore. That's great. He's been better than I could have expected him to be. He didn't do anything in Kansas City. We are recreating. We have rewritten history to make it seem as though Sammy Watkins was a productive player in Kansas City when he was not. He at times had huge games. He had a couple. He had a couple of huge games. That does not make it so that Sammy Watkins is the difference to Kansas City's offense. They brought in Josh it's Gordon a, for a it's reason. That's fine. I, they can bring in Josh Gordon. If they think that Josh Gordon is going to be able to do what Sammy Watkins can do, did, then they're probably right because he didn't do anything. Like, that's the reality of the circumstances. Kansas City's got problems, but they didn't have any problems scoring points against the Baltimore Ravens or against the, you know, other. They That was ultimately, at the end of the day, it was a close game. They got their ass kicked last night. Cover tight ends, so. That's fine. The Bills have a really good defense. I'm not like, suggesting they don't. The storyline here ain't Sammy Watkins. That's I'm not a joke. saying that that's the thing here. I'm just saying that the, the, the Chiefs have struggled to find guys outside of Hill and Kelsey But that's not season. new. They didn't find that. They didn't have that guy in Sammy Watkins. He wasn't productive. The, the, you can't change the numbers to make it fit the narrative. The numbers are what they are. He wasn't a productive player. That's why everybody in Kansas City was laughing at the idea that the Ravens thought that Sammy Watkins was going to be a difference maker here. And again, let's not oversell it. It's not like Sammy Watkins has come here and been Superman, but he's been better than I could have expected based on what he did in Kansas City, which was a big ball of nothing. Um, the, the story has nothing to do with that. There's plenty of story. They haven't been able to establish the run in any way. Like that's a hurts that Edwards Lair went out, of course. I mean, that was in the second half after they couldn't establish the they run. They didn't really make right. a concerted effort, it seemed, in the first half either, though. And I get it. The Bills have been good against the run. It's arguable that you, why would you try in that case when you have Mahomes and Once, company? And somebody else would say, why would the Chiefs ever try, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't you just go do what you do? Um, the Bills are really good. Mahomes well, missed some throws, too. Um, the, the, you know, Kelsey wanted to start the game, of course. Okay. I mean, I, I don't, this is a weird, like, I'm trying to figure out what, what, what are, what is the, the point that you're trying to played but very what, well. I mean, relative to what we expect from them, they've been underwhelming. Uh, so this is a, a difficult, do you think the chiefs are in trouble? Um, well, they certainly look like they could end up being a wild card team. Well, because the chargers are yeah. so good. Maybe. Maybe I mean, I'm the, it's not impossible that that's the case. I mean, like I, I have I certainly don't have Let's that. Put it this way. Are they in trouble weeks. for their aspirations entering the season, Super Bowl or bust? Yeah, I I, I still think they're absolutely a Super Bowl contender. That's not one hundred percent. I'm not saying there's no chance they can do it, but with the AFC around them seeming to be better I, as a whole, I think and they're them in trouble. Taking a step back defensively, I, I, certainly. I think the biggest trouble they have is that right now the Bills look like the team. 
they look to be the complete, you know, they got to stay healthy. There's a lot of things that still have to play out that way. I would say that, that it used to be, would you say Kansas City or the field? It used to be right, a, obviously well, Kansas, Kansas City. City. And at the moment, it I looks like the, the Bills that. specifically yeah. have usurped them. In the AFC. The Ravens beat them, and the Ravens... I'm saying they're beatable maybe. by more than just the Bills, the Ravens, and the Chargers. It seems like on a yeah, I don't, catch them at the that, wrong time. Like that, I'm, You're going to have to prove that. And that's what Mahomes has struggled against cover, too. Yeah, they're gonna have, other teams are going to have to prove that they're capable of beating the Chiefs before I buy into that. Like the teams Chargers they, already but, did. But that's, well, you just said the name of the group. The best teams in the AFC, the absolute best teams, have beaten the Chiefs. Not, we're not talking about them losing to the Dolphins. We're not talking about them losing to... You know, even the Raiders. We're talking about the. They did last year. They did last year. You're right. When Patrick Mahomes was hurt. Um, I don't know he was healthy. Uh, they, well, he got hurt during the game. Well, yeah. Still lost. Thank you. You're 100 percent right about that. A year ago, that's what happened. They've lost the three best teams in the AFC. One of them kicked their asses, which happened. And the Buffalo Bills are really good. Like they're really good. From top to bottom, which doesn't guarantee anything. It's week five of the NFL season. There's a long way to go. But the story is the Bills are really unbelievably good. And, yes, it's goofy as hell that they lost a game to the Steelers to open the season, and I'll never be able to explain that. But it's one game. And where we are now after a month, the Bills are unquestionably the top team from top to bottom in the AFC today. They don't give you a, a banner for that, unfortunately. Um, so at the moment, the, the big story for picks this weekend is that Ken Zalis is perfect-ish. There was the push in there. But the seven games that weren't a push, he won all of them. He's 7-0 going in the night. He has the Ravens. So he's got a chance for a perfect week. And I don't know that we've ever had a perfect. I don't know. It wouldn't be 9-0, though, so it wouldn't count. We've definitely never had a 9-0 week, but I don't know that we've ever had a week with no losses at all. No, we won't count it. You keep saying that. If he finishes with no losses, it's no losses. There's no way of getting around that. I don't know that that's ever occurred in our picks. So remarkable week for KZ. Um, in all, I'm 5-3 and three, or 5-2. Five and, five and Proctor's 5-2. and two, Kyle's 3-4. and four, Steck is 4-3. and three. So where we are at the moment, KZ has a two-game lead over Steck and I. Kyle is three games back, and Proctor's five games back, but Kyle and Proctor will either gain or lose a game tonight. Proctor's behind because, me? Uh, he's two games behind you, okay, yes. Good, as long as I can't, you know, Yes, he cannot make ground, up. He cannot yes. make up a, a game on you tonight. He, You and he picked the Colts, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Again, at the top of the table, playing for a little bit of cash at the bottom of the table, playing to avoid being the one that's got to come in here, eat a tarantula, get our back waxed, and perform the hero from uh, Spider-Man, which Kyle is hoping will be him no matter what. All right, uh, that's a quick pick recap. It was brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Jeremy Kahn joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. 
Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes, but the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the fresh food fest, beer, wine, and spirits, showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland5star.us with the number five i love you more than selfie poses i love you more than spraying hoses i love you more than bird calls but not as much as football celebrate your love of football with raven scratch-offs from the maryland lottery win up to a hundred thousand dollars instantly or second chance cash and raven's prizes i love you more than snowballs but not as much as football play raven scratch-offs at any maryland lottery retailer please play responsibly All right, back in here on GCR, a Monday edition of the program as we get you ready for Ravens Colts tonight. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, uh, it's Monday, and typically on Mondays we uh, chat with Jeremy Kahn, who you can see his picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. I actually had a pretty good day uh, betting-wise yesterday. I put a little bit of, uh, of dinero down on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't feel good about that, but I did, and it paid off quite well for me. Also put a little uh, little chunk of change down on the Detroit Lions. And despite the fact that in the end they were going to be the Lions and they lost the game, that one paid off for me as well. So a couple nice ones for me yesterday. Jeremy Kahn, how was your weekend, my friend? Well, it wasn't so nice. Um, so I missed my lock. I loved the Chiefs last night. Mm. And if I'm being brutally honest, I don't know what happened. I fell asleep in the middle of the game. So I well, guess doing a morning show will do that. Too. Yeah, correct. When, they, when, they, when there's a uh, thunder delay that's going to make the game uh, go on until 2 in the morning. They kind of got Absolutely. their asses kicked, honestly. Like, they oh, they were, did. Yeah. Well, it's, and, you know, as, uh, I've been talking about it because I thought it was the best quote I saw all morning. Matt Wise, uh, who writes for Russell Street Report, he wrote something saying, um, how ironic is it that when you played the Chiefs, 
you were kind of forced to go for it on fourth down and take chances you wouldn't normally do. And now the Chiefs are the ones that have to do that with whoever they play because their defense is so bad. I mean, um, I don't know if you saw the look on Tyron Matthews' face. He did it against the Ravens. Oh, yeah. Now the, the, he did it in this past game with Sorensen. He's just looking at him like, what are you yeah, doing back are you here? Doing? How no are doubt. you in the league? No doubt. So, yeah, I mean, the Bills look really good, too, man. Like, the Bills, from top to bottom, it's not just that, like, you know, they took advantage of the Chiefs' defense, which stinks. It's that their defense came to play, and, like, their defense, we were kind of dismissive of it the the, the first the, the, mm-hmm. the games before because, you know, who were they playing? They were playing the Texans, right? Like, Texans stink, although... Yeah, may- Texans and Dolphins without Tua right. for most of the right. game. So, not like, that it mattered if he was out. So, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we chose kind of not to buy into it, but, I don't know, after last night, I, I think you got to buy into the Bills' defense and what it is that they're doing. Yeah, you know, so last night, you know, ironically, they uh, the Bills did pretty much the, a similar thing or the same thing that the Ravens did as far as blitzing Mahomes. They they went to a strictly cover two and trying to get pressure up front and basically daring them to run, like, go ahead and run the football. And, and this goes back to what we've talked about with Pat Mahomes over and over and over again last year. He, he had more dropped interceptions, more touchdown passes off the of screen passes, you know, the easy ones, and it doesn't take away from how great he is. He's just got to that point where he thinks he can make every play. Uh, Kansas City thinks they can flip that switch anytime they want and just come back and win. And at the beginning of the year against the Browns, it looked like, yeah, they can still do it. Um, but with this defense now, they just they can't get stops. So they almost have to come away with points on every single possession. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I also don't doubt that there are going to be games that are going to be more than capable of doing that as, as they yeah. did against Cleveland earlier this year. What else caught your eye? What else was a big, you know, as you just had a day to sit around and watch football yesterday? What else What else really, like, jumped out at you? To me, the, like, the storyline at the moment, the Bills, you know, the Ravens are in this mix of teams to beat in the AFC. It's it's tough. Like, I, I'm i really excited about next Sunday and Ravens-Chargers, and I'm not trying to be mm-hmm. dismissive of the night because I get it, it's the NFL. But, like, Ravens-Chargers is shaping up to be a, a statement game a la Ravens-Chiefs at this point. It's... Yeah, and then, the, look, the Chargers have looked really good. Um, I mean, well, we could sit here and say how good they look. I, I think if if they don't get that that call at the end of the game, that, that pass interference call was questionable. They don't get the ball back, whatever. Um, it all happened and it went down and they win the game. I think we're talking very differently about them today. Like, what's wrong with their defense, man? Because this is the it's one of the first times, if not the first time in NFL history, I think that a team had whatever it was five hundred and some yards of offense and zero turnovers and lost something ridiculous like that. So that's where we were at with uh, Cleveland yesterday. Um, so that was one of the best games of the day, one of the most fun to watch. Uh, the other thing I took away, and I know the Giants aren't very good, is I'm starting to believe that the Dallas Cowboys more and more each week are for real. Yeah. Uh, they they got to find and digs at cornerback. It seems like people keep throwing his way. Yesterday was an easy interception, but you don't take it away from him. They all count. Yep. Um, he looked really good, and, and Dak looks like an MVP candidate. So, uh, and, and I've said this before. Everybody knows I'm Ezekiel Elliott stan. Like, I sit here and tell you the guy – from a pass pro running and catching the ball out of the backfield situation, I don't think there's anybody better than him in the league. Um, that looks like a really, really good team if they can stay upright and uh, not lose anybody else to injury because no, guys are dropping right. like flies across the league. You're right. I mean, they, they do. You're 100% right about that. They look completely legit. Now, you know, there's a long way to go. And like I said about the Bills a second ago before we had you on, you know, they don't, they don't give you banners for the fact that you look like this at this point in the season. It's not the way that it works. But – you know, I mean, they, they look they look very good. There's no debate in that. All right, how do we handle what happened in uh, Boston yesterday, Jeremy? Like, what what does baseball do about that? Like, it it we we know we know two things. The rule was applied correctly. Like, there's no debating that they applied the rule correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also know that it, it 
there's no way that that should be a thing in this sport, right? Like, how, how do we go about fixing this this thing that occurred? Well, I, I don't know what you're supposed to do because, like, I hate saying this because I'm a very opinionated person, and you're right. By the letter of the law, they called it right, no matter how much people want to complain complain about it. And I saw a lot of really smart people going, well, what's to stop an outfielder from picking up the ball and just throwing it in the stands to prevent a run? Well, that's intentional, and right. they'll be able to right. see the, that it's the rule. The rule is written to prevent that. Exactly right. Yes. But if you start opening it up to, that guy's definitely going to score, this is a gray area because he knocked the ball over. So it either has to be bad luck for one or the other. It has to be bad luck for the team that's on defense or bad luck for the team that's on offense. And apparently they picked the rule of thumb is, like, if he fields it properly, is there a chance that he gets the ball to second base and has a that maybe they have a chance to get him out at second? It's, it's possible. You know, I'm not telling you it's going to happen. Um, but we also had that incident, I think it was Melky Cabrera, if you guys have seen the highlights, uh, where he hit a line drive and it hit the pitcher's foot and it ricocheted so hard that it went over the wall, um, over, the, um, uh, over the dugout, so you can kind of get an idea of where it's hitting. So it's coming right back. And that, in essence, was a ground rule double as well. Yeah, so that's yeah. how they ruled it. And, uh, you know, a couple of runs scored because I think the base is loaded at that point for the Yankees. So, you know, th- these plays happen. I think they I think they have it uh, as right as it can be unless you're just going to totally give it to the offense and leave the discretion up to the referees or the umps. And I, I, more times than not, I hate that because, you know, not to uh, talk apples and oranges, but one of the other things I noticed this weekend is I, I don't think I know what the hell I'm watching during replay because, I was told that you need to have irrefutable evidence to overturn something that's called on the field, and now it seems like we're just guessing. Like they'll go, like the Trevor Lawrence touchdown this weekend. His knees never touch the ground until he crosses into the goal line. I don't know where he crosses. I know they called it a touchdown on the field, but how do you go back and look at it and say, "Yeah, he's down at the one inch line." You don't even know where the ball is. Like, right. so it doesn't like it doesn't make sense to me. So I, again, I'm not trying to circumvent the issue, but I don't know what the right answer is for this because I think either way it's going to be unfair to the hitter or, you know, to the fielders. And in general, I agree with you. We were talking about that earlier. Like, I don't know that it's a good idea to give any officials more discretion. Like, I don't know that that's a good thing. But at the same point, like, the premise premise of the rule starts with discretion too, right? Like, it's got to be their discretion as to whether or not it was an accident that the, you know, the player knocked the ball over. So if you're starting the premise with discretion, why do we allow that much but then not allow the discretion of, Hey, this is where the runner was. This is where the runner would have been. Like you know, I, it it is. It's a and it look. I admit that it's complicated and all that. It just it, it's insane to me that you would ever reward uh, an outfielder for failing to make a play like that. Yeah, but the the flip side of it though too, Glenn is like, and I know this is the extreme. So you know, and I'm not I'm not caught up in it because again, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. But crazy things happen. Guys around third base and fall. Um, sometimes guys slide in and miss the plate. You know, there's there's all kinds of things that can happen to prevent it. But if you're telling me, okay, we're saying he's here, the guy knocked the ball over the wall, he would have gotten here because it's the would have, could have, should have thing. Like, what would have happened if this didn't, you know, like if a ref didn't blow his whistle, uh, who would have recovered the fumble? You know, maybe this guy stopped because he heard the whistle and all those. Like, it's just that gray area in sports that I don't know there's a right answer. I just know what we watched didn't feel right. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. It, 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 yeah. it does not feel like this is the intent of competition, is to allow for something like this to occur. And that's that's what we're struggling with. And again, it does not mean that uh, the Red Sox didn't deserve to win the game and they ended up hitting a two-run home run every, anyway. And I hate the Red Sox, and I wish it wasn't the case, but like we can't we can't rewrite history either in order to back that up. That's the way that it goes. Jeremy Kahn is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, so the the reaction to the fight on Saturday night... 
which mm-hmm. it, no doubt it was an incredible fight. But the way people are talking about it as like one of the great fights of all time, is that is that a recency bias thing, or was it legitimately one of the all-time greatest heavyweight fights that we've seen? Negative. It's, so it, it's a really good fight. It's one of the best heavyweight fights we've seen in years. Uh, I'll go that far. But it's not one of the greatest heavyweight fights in, in, of all time. In fairness, that's a, that's a pretty low bar that we're talking about for heavyweight fights yeah. in recent well, years. Well, because it was, a, it was a good fight. Like, they were throwing haymakers. It was an exciting fight. I don't think it was great boxing. I've never been a Deontay Wilder guy. I just don't like him. Like, somebody asked me, like, did you bet the fight? And I said, no, I would have bet against Wilder. But that would be the one time that I bet where I'm betting against someone that I don't like. Just I would never – I don't want to say I would never bet on him. You know, if the odds are right, I'd bet on him. But uh, I feel like that my personal influence and, and the guy that I don't like right. because I'd be rooting for Tyson Fury, it changes my mind on how I look at things. But but that being said, like it was good, but Fury beat his ass for like the last five, six rounds. And I think he was winning those rounds consistently. And because there are a lot of punches thrown, like the heavyweight division leaves a lot to be desired as it is. Um, you know, half the time you don't know these guys, they're lumbering. Uh, we haven't seen great heavyweight fights in, in a fairly long time. Like even when Tyson was going and how exciting it was, they weren't great fights. It's just, he was such a showman and we loved watching him knock out people or bite people's ears off or whatever the hell else may go. Uh, we had the water bottle. Right, right, and we had all kinds right. of stuff that went on with Tyson. But, um, but that, that being said, they're, you know, they weren't great fights per se, so that's where I would listen to it. But, you know, and talk about it, the greatest heavyweight fights of all time. There were so many great fights in the 60s, 70s, and even bleeding into the 80s. Um, and in the 90s, we, we had some, some bouts we were excited about, like, you know, Riddick Bowe and Holyfield and Lennox Lewis, even though he's a boring fighter. Um, you know, there were, there were names there. These aren't, these aren't great names of, uh, of fighters. Like, you know, I think we tend to love Tyson Fury being a gypsy boxer who's a bare-knuckle fighter. The story's great. He's kind of a weird dude as it is, but yep. uh, but I don't know, man. I I don't see it in that light, and I think it is, you know, as you said, recency bias. Why did you turn down the dancing opportunity when he was entering mm, the ring? Great point. Yeah. Why didn't you Why walk did out? I, yeah, walk out with him with for Tyson that. Fury. I know he was yeah. offered to you to be the gypsy yeah. dancer. Well, I didn't want to mess up my game. You know, like there's certain things. There's certain things that I'm still working on as as a as a complete you know, professional dancer. Okay. Um, I've got down most of the things from Magic Mike, which for Good. KO's going away party, I'm going to break those <laughs> out. Um, so, and, uh, you know, but as far as some of that gypsy dancing or whatever the hell you want to call that, yeah, I didn't get the phone call on that one. So yeah, that's really I, weird. I that's, that's weird. I, I thought you would have been the first call they would have made. I thought that would have <laughs> been... It was yeah. so funny. Uh, Rob and I were talking about the fight this morning, and he was like, hey, man, did you see what in the hell was that guy? Was it like a gypsy dance or something like he was asking me what the hell that guy was doing i said i have no idea like last time it was deontay wilder wearing like a what was it 40 some pounds 60 pounds yeah that, he thought that, he was that right right the reason and then he blamed it for him losing correct <laughs> come on man um Ugh. is is there anything you know uh, uh, my buddy john from little rock earlier this morning was like well this is proof that boxing is back i'm like whoa dude whoa 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 um overwhelmingly boxing continues to be more of an embarrassment than 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 you know anything that's that's particularly good is there is there something to be excited about next coming out of this like i I, I just don't see who's going to deliver a great fight with Tyson Fury that's going to make us super excited. I mean, I get the Tyson Fury when he fights, it's going to be interesting and people will watch because they know him, but like is can this be a, you know, can a good heavyweight fight be a transcendent moment in some way moving forward? 
I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't know because the heavyweight division to me is just like they've totally watered down the sport for how many different titles they've created. Now everyone has a title. Um, the the weight classes, like there are certain weight classes that I think like light heavyweight, featherweight, you can go around and look at some of the great fighters and see see the guys that you want to see fight each other. The problem that I have with boxing inherently is in baseball, it's not a guarantee in the World Series we're going to see the two best teams play, but there's a shot and you could make the case that at that point in time, we are seeing the two best teams because they made the run to the postseason. In boxing, these guys handpick who they want to fight. They avoid guys on purpose. Um, they ask for ridiculous amounts of money and then claim the other guy won't sign on the dotted line. Bob Arum's a, he's a damn criminal as far as I'm concerned when it comes to the sport. Um, he's been ripping guys off left and right. It's been one of the worst-kept secrets. And then Oscar De La Hoya got into it with Golden Boy Promotions. Right. I feel like they've been doing a lot of the similar stuff, but – the the promoting in this sport, they're they're constantly trying to get your dollars instead of let us see the best fighters fight and let us make up our mind of how good they are if we want to see them a second and third time, and we just don't get it enough. It's the one thing I do like UFC is not perfect, but they typically we get to see the best fighters fight. So um, that's the one problem I have with boxing with the heavyweight division. And I know he just lost Anthony Joshua. He's boring. Are we going to get fluffy back there, Andy Ruiz? And you know he just got a full on back tattoo. I guess it's an oversized tramp stamp for him. Are we going to see him fight somebody? There's a couple other heavyweights that are interesting, but how long before we get to that point? Or by the time they're ready to fight Fury, is Fury past his prime? Which, I mean, look, he's not a young boxer at all. So I, I, don't, I don't know that the heavyweight division is ever going to get to where we want it to be, but there is, there's some really good boxers and fun boxers to watch fight. I can't believe you're making fun of a man. Like, I've seen your back tattoo, man. It's, you think yours is that much better? My God. Because no, I, I just think it's sexier oh, right, because of, yeah. you know, the implication. Because of that. All right. Anything else? What else is happening in your world? Anything else you want to talk about? No, man. It's like, so I had a, I had a rough weekend betting, which, you know, gets you down. Um, I, I was a little upset over, like, you know, it, it feels like it comes in bunches. So, like on Saturday, I had Penn State. They're beating Iowa. Felt really good about it. Starting You'll be both, Chief. Down. Yeah, that one hurt. And then um, I, I had uh, – uh, what did I have? I had Virginia – this is the one that killed me the most. Well, I had Virginia Tech, who was up eight with a couple minutes left to go and eventually lose the game. Wait, but, but wait, wait. Did you bet them outright? You didn't – Yeah, they were minus one. They were favorite. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That is, so, that is and then they were winning pretty much the entire game. Yeah, they were. You know, they they uh, and then blew it in the end, so that that sucked. But the one that got me the most was, you can go back and look at it, Louisville and Virginia over 69.5 points. <laughs> and um, I think in the first two minutes or first three minutes, there was a touchdown. They moved up and down the field on each other. They attempted eight field goals. <laughs> they missed three of them, including one that would have put it over the total at the end of the game. It was a 49-yarder, so not a chip shot. Uh, the five field goals they made were 20, 20, 22, 24, and 28 yards. I'm like, could we not go for it on fourth and one? Yeah, one, maybe one time. Uh, and, one time, yeah. go try to score a touchdown. <laughs> Jesus, it, it that's broke my back. brutal. That's one where you, like, you feel like the research was right and you didn't get the results, but nobody wants to hear that. It's just give me winners. Yep. Make me a bicycle clown. Yeah, correct. Maybe. Exactly right. Make me a bicycle yeah. clown. All right, um, uh, C3 American Exteriors, right? Don't let the yes, insurance sir. industry get one over on you. Call C3, get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible, 410-401-9797 or C3America.com. And Jeremy said 
that I think you, you said until until December, if you're doing the roof, you'll do it shirtless, correct? That was the rule? Yes. Okay. All right. I, I mean, it. you can pick tops or bottoms. I'll play either okay. way. Either way, either way you want to go, it's your call. Mm-hmm. But if Jeremy's doing your roof, when you call C3 American Exteriors, he promises he will deliver the goods. What it is that you request, he's willing to do How it. How weird right. would it be if, like, Rick and Reisterstown, like, heard that <laughs> because I said it on the air, like, he got the roof. And imagine? he's like, yeah, getting the G-string. Oh, God. And it's, it's, it's December. What, I mean, how weird would Every, that be? If this everything about the sentence that you just uttered is really concerning to it's me. A little Buffalo man. Billish, yeah, you know? Right? <laughs> Get all the way in the back of the van. <laughs> the lotion on your skin. Oh. Hey, was she a great big fat girl? Like about a size 13? Yeah, you know, you know you can, um, you know, you can, uh, you can, it's a B&B now. The uh, Buffalo Bill's oh. house. You can, Why you can, it be? you can stay in Buffalo Bill's house. I think I saw that, Reese. Hang on a second. I got to double check. I think that. we should set up a road trip. Let's I, do it. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. We'll recreate. Of course, uh, you can do. You can. You've mastered the tuck, right? Like I'll can, do this. Yeah, <laughs> of course. We can play goodbye horses, and I'll sit there and. I know the tuck rule. I know how to do it properly. Uh, go right now to buff the tuck rule. That's not bad. The bu- buffalobillshouse.com, and yes, you can stay overnight at the Silence of the Lambs film location in. Periopolis, Pennsylvania. It's not far from here. We could completely do that. We could do the show but, live from Buffalo Bill's house. We definitely. But granted, there is there is one rule if we do stay there. What's that? It places the lotion it's, on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. It does whatever it's told. I just want you to know that. What <laughs> happened? At Jeremy Khan one zero five seven on Twitter is how you follow him. We'll, we'll see you and, Friday for the Magic Mike dance. Correct. Yeah, for <laughs> Kyle's going away. You're going to come by and perform it. Correct. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Right. Ko's going to get in the pit. <laughs> and then I'll, uh, you know, we'll set it up the same way. I'll put the lotion down there. We'll, I don't know if we're going to actually make the, the outfit, but, uh, yeah. Uh, big, big Bad Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan Picks Every Day, PressBoxOnline.com. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you. Talk to you. One of us will talk to you next week. Anytime, man. See you, pal. Jeremy Kahn checking in with us as he does every week here on GCR. Yeah, we can go up and do the show from Periopolis, Pennsylvania. Where is Periopolis, Pennsylvania, by the way? Which Pennsylvania. Is- you know what? Dynamite observation. That's why. Figured I'd help out. This is why that company that you're going to work for, mm-hmm. you were so in demand. Correct. Is because you could solve this. It's in. Uh, oh, it's in Fayette County. Oh, if I would have known that. Apparently, it's in the. Uh, it's in the Pittsburgh metropolitan that area. So it's about not right. particularly close. Yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> of course, it is. Of course, that's where a creep would be. Of course, that's the case. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll make that happen at some point. That'll be a plan. Today's show brought to you by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. Coming up uh, later on this afternoon, it'll be Stan, Ross Grimsley, and Ken Singleton at 4 o'clock for the Stand the Fan Show, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Um, you'll be able to watch that, facebook.com slash Sports, And if you miss it, you can see it tomorrow, pressboxonline.com. Um, they, if you missed last Wednesday, they had Boyd Martin, one of the, uh, the top, uh, riders in the world. who's going to be part of the Maryland five star. You know who I just found out? This is not a, the Maryland five stars this weekend out at Fair Hill in uh, Cecil County. And I would encourage you to check it out. Uh, Queen Elizabeth's granddaughter is a competitor in the Maryland five star. Hmm. And doesn't that mean like, wouldn't she be in line for the throne? Like, wouldn't that be like, I don't know how it, it works. You say Zara, it, it, it Many of the world's best riders, including uh, world number one ranked Oliver Townsend, of Great, or Townend of Great Britain, Olympians of, from six countries, including the entire 2021 U.S. Olympic team, and Zara Tyndall, granddaughter of England's Queen Elizabeth II. 
She but might like, have more than one. I understand that, but wouldn't you at least have a title of some sort? Like, wouldn't you be the the Duchess of something? Wouldn't you be? You are overestimating my amount of knowledge. I'm not. I'm not pertains. suggesting that you should know. This is a little different than the Pennsylvania situation, right? Obviously, you were all over yeah. that. Nailed it, and I appreciate that. But wouldn't you have? Like, wouldn't you be something if you're the? See, I would imagine. I don't know how they handle. I just titles weird out. that they introduce her as granddaughter of the Queen instead of like you know whatever she is. I don't know. It was just weird to me. I don't know. Thank you, Kyle. You're welcome. God, we're going to miss this. I, I don't think Paul's going to be able to dynamite observation offer in the uh, hierarchy of the royal family. Dynamite observations. Go check out the Maryland Five Star and go check out the Stan and Ross talking with Ken Singleton this afternoon. We'll come back in, get a tidbit, two bit, to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser show. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 19th at Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. It's brought to you by Pressbox. Great Eights memorabilia and true strong services. Hi, it's Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know, a lot of things change with the season this time of year. The leaves change, temperatures change, your clothing changes, but the one thing that stays rock solid is the quality windows, installation, and customer service from Window Nation. Plus, their amazing offer, buy two windows, get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. They never cut corners when it comes to quality and transparency from start to finish. Call 866-90NATION today or online at windownation.com. It's the perfect time for Window Nation, the perfect fit. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball, but not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven scratch-offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest issue of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who may well be the Ravens' next true defensive superstar in the lineage of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs. Also inside, we introduce you to Maryland Navy, Towson, and Morgan State football players and everything you need to know for football betting as it launches in Maryland. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR as we wind down for a Monday edition of the program. Of course, I'll be back with you later tonight. 
For Project Game Day, I'll be with you at halftime, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, and then KZ will join me post-game, both there and at pressboxonline.com slash radio. Project Game Day, every game day this season. It's brought to you by Window Nation, as well as our friends at uh, Glory Days Grill and also Underdog Fantasy Football. We'll see you for Project Game Day later on tonight. Tidbit of the day is brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox. Final week or so for you to get this print issue of Pressbox with Marlon Humphrey on the cover. Get to your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox or read it all, pressboxonline.com. Which got? All right. So <clears throat> the Bills controlled the game last night and won handily against Kansas City, who is now 2-3, and three, and they deployed a... Similar strategy as did the Ravens during their Week 2 game against Kansas City. The Bills played cover 2 on 30 of Mahomes' 54 pass attempts last night, a strategy the Ravens similarly deployed, and they also didn't blitz him a single time. Buffalo utilized a light box on 73 of 79 snaps, which, as Jeremy Mm -hmm. mentioned, was daring Kansas City to run the ball, but the Chiefs... Well, they kept throwing. They have turned the ball over 11 times this season, tied with the Jaguars for the most in the NFL. Not great. They're also allowing the most yards per play of any defense, well, ever, and .1 yards more than the seven yards per play that the 2,000 Rams averaged as the most prolific in NFL history. So perhaps they might want to figure that side of the ball out as well. When the Ravens take the field tonight, Lamar Jackson will, of course, be front and center. And whether they decide to run the ball more or continue passing the ball, the passing has been successful. In fact, no throw of the football, or no team, I should say, in football in 2021 has had more expected points added per dropback, as have the Baltimore Ravens. Hmm. So, hmm. there you have it. Hmm. Derrick Henry, uh, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. He has like 195, 100 carries this year already. But Yeah, he's, o- he's okay. Yeah. He is one of three running backs this year with 10 or more PPR fantasy points every week. Who are the other two? Huh. Say it one more time. Derrick Henry is one of three running backs this season with 10-plus PPR points every week. At least in every week. It's not an average. They had to get the number every week. Correct. All right. Um... I'm trying to think of I, – I, I'll still say Zeke got there every week. I know it wasn't. Nope. Okay. Eckler. Eckler is indeed one of the other two. Jones. No. James Robinson. No. First two weeks he did not reach 10. I know because I have him. Then I benched him for Chuba Hubbard and he went off. I got him back in the lineup this week, though. Thank God. Maybe they should not use Carlos Hyde on the goal line. Really weird bit. Uh, Chubb. No. Mixon. No. Didn't yesterday may have just snuck I in think, there. I yeah. think he probably did. Touchdown. Um Man. 
It is a man. I will, I will give you that. Yes. Thank you. It's somehow Mike Davis. Correct. That's so weird. God, that's weird. <laughs> it is indeed Mike Davis. I don't know Mike what it Davis, says about that Cordero Patterson certainly yeah, being right. the better asset currently. I wish so I picked weird. him up in one of my leagues. Would have been good. Yeah. Would have been good. No but doubt that about correct. that. Mike Davis is the third. All right. Uh, Tibbet was also brought to you by the, the Press Box Fantasy Football Show, which will be back this Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. KZ joins us every week to help you set your fantasy football lineups. Um. Yeah. We. Uh. He did a great job for me this week, but also what helped me this week was the fact I got. T- I got 200 points in the two leagues that I care about. I didn't do so well in uh, KZ's league. I think I got like 60 points in that league. It was a disaster. But in the leagues that I have money at stake, my teams went off. And also, what happened was there were so many injuries that I didn't really have decisions to make any longer. The best thing that could possibly happen to me is when the lineup has to pick itself, mm-hmm. and I can't screw it up. I can't. I can't do anything silly. Calvin Ridley got hurt, so I'm like, well, I guess I he have to. He didn't get hurt. He was a oh, yeah, he did, personal, right, personal yes. decision, whatever it was. He didn't play, Correct. being the point. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to have to play Cortland Sutton if he plays. And he did and had a great game, thankfully. So couldn't screw it up. Couldn't screw it up. Um, but anyway, KZ will be here as he is every Thursday. It's brought to you by CCBC as well as the Maryland Department of Transportation and Glory Days Grill. We'll see you Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. Tubular brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. We return next Tuesday night, October 19th. Twain's Tavern in Pasadena. That's where we're going to be with Tyus Bowser and a special guest. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you next Tuesday night for the Tyus Bowser Show. It's all brought to you by Pressbox, Great Eights Memorabilia, and True Strong Services. Here's what's coming up. Of course, obviously, um, Monday Night Football, Ravens-Colts. That's on ESPN. Again, no Manning broadcast tonight. So until next week, I think. I think it was three weeks, but I don't remember if it was three games or three weeks. I don't remember if that's the case. But no Manning broadcast tonight. If uh, you are uh, someone who doesn't have cable, then locally it'll be on WBAL. Uh, So 8-15 tonight for Monday Night Football. Baseball playoffs all day long. TBS, game three between the Brewers and Braves. One o'clock, Freddie Peralta and Ian Anderson. Then game three between the Giants and Dodgers at 9.30, Alex Wood and Max Scherzer. Fox Sports 1, game four between the Astros and White Sox as uh, Houston tries again to close out that series. Jose Urquidy and Carlos Rodon, the pitching matchup there. I, I do not understand anything about the John Cusack thing that like people are talking about on Twitter, and, and nor do I give yeah. a... Like, once I saw, mm-hmm. I, here's, it means nothing here, to me on either side. Well, I, no, I'm gonna disagree with that. I don't. If if some you know chud like went after John Cusack, started screaming at him at a baseball game, I I don't even care. I don't care if John Cusack is a fake White Sox fan. You're absolutely the douchebag. There's like no debate about that. Me? Yes, you. I'm talking to you, Kyle Ottenheimer. You. You know, in every situation. This whatever whoever this guy is versus John Cusack, you know who the douchebag is? Kyle Ottenheimer. Right. That's the way that it goes. There's you you go there's there you there's no yeah, but he's a fake like I don't I don't even I honest God I haven't seen it I don't know if if all I've seen is like if you went after somebody just for existing, you're the tool, plain and simple, and you have no part in a functioning society. Me. Again, you. And that's, a, that's I'm meaning to tell you, we finally got to the final week, and so I can start telling you how I really feel okay. when we get to this point. You have no place. Rays-Red Sox game four tonight. The Rays, I, I guess maybe they're bullpenning. They haven't announced the starting pitcher. Eduardo Rodriguez goes for Boston, as unfortunately they try to close that series out, which 
Boy, would that suck. Uh, preseason hoops on ESPN2, Net Sixers, and then on NBA TV, T-Wolves, Clippers at 10.30. The USA Network for WWE, Monday Night Raw tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Non-sports highlights. Reservation Dogs on Hulu. Um, Ordinary Joe. I don't know who watches that at 10 on NBC, but somebody might. Is. Who knows? Chelsea Handler. Oh, they, they have an, It's Colin McHugh going for the Rays now. Okay. Chelsea Handler's on Fallon. Ron Howard. Uh, James Blake. They're on... The tennis player, James oh, Blake? That would be great. Ron Howard and Clint Howard. Ah, Package well, that actually sounds kind of great. Yeah, Seth Myers. Um, stuff and things. Check it out at glennclarkradio.com. All right. Thanks today. It's been a busy day. Thanks to Ron Jaworski. Thanks to Miles Boykin of the Baltimore Ravens. Thanks to Rick Venturi, Colts color analyst. And thanks also to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. And with Stuff that in mind, yeah. Irons and fires. Coming off that massive Monday, we got stuff and things. You're damn right we do. Tomorrow on the program. Look forward to that. All right. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, the Maryland Five Star, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go Ravens. Go Rays. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.